Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cameron Snape and I miss video source so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-host Kira Jade Opitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. This is Weird Kid Video. Old business? Old, old business. business. I have some old business. Or is this a story? Yeah. Uh, is, this a, is this a story or a secret? Well, well, it's a secret story. I think, let's just say, put this out there. Is this one of the Everything I say is fake and non-actionable, but audience do with that as you will. Is this a uh, deep and dark? No, look, it's, oh. it's something that speaks to, I think, something that really could frighten anyone. It's not necessarily a fear that I hold deep inside. It's not necessarily something that scarred me, but... For people that don't know what the fuck is happening right now. <laughs> yeah, do you want to introduce Context. it? If somebody leaves us a review, Brody will tell us one of his deepest, darkest secrets or, and or fears. Yeah. So continue. Uh, so do, we, do we have an intro theme to this? No. This is, yeah. <laughs> Something Brody real fears. upbeat. <laughs> do you really think that, that this is that fucking podcast? Yeah. Should Brody be. tried to pitch <laughs> segments <laughs> and breaks and like musical interludes between segments early on in the podcast. Guess what happened with that idea? <laughs> no. Straight in the circular file. <laughs> in the what? Circular file. The bin. trash bin. Oh. This is more of a something that has terrified me a couple of times. And I think pretty close to the experience is how you would imagine this is dark dementia. If someone's ever experienced like a Truman showing, like that guy who was just in that jury show just recently. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, what? I haven't watched it yet, but the clips are amazing. It's a show called Jury Duty where it's a civil trial. Oh, but everyone's acting. Everybody's an actor guy. except for one yeah. guy. Oh, and poor, James Marsden is in poor it. guy. No, no, no. It's, it's so good. Amazing. It's so heartwarming. It's so heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. Oh. I, I watched someone reacting to it, so I've seen a fair bit of it. Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you? Parasocial bonds, man, I'm all about them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tell your fucking story so we can get on with this shit. Anyway, so I've never done any psychedelics of any kind, but if I had, <laughs> the experience is like basically being on different planes of consciousness. There's these moments, especially when you're doing psychedelics of any kind with other people, where you kind of bump into each other because you can be riding the same wave sometimes, and then that wave kind of hits another amplitude and you're riding a different wave for a little bit. And when you're riding a different wave, you can kind of bump into each other and you realize that what you're perceiving might not be the real experience that's happening. You have this moment where you step outside your reality and you perceive a situation or something you've said in a different light. The realization is all I can say is like paranoia times a thousand. And over a time of doing things like this, you kind of are able to deal with that experience and then go with it and just be happy and move on and go, well, I'm having a time of this experience now and you just move on. But when you get caught in that loop and you think, oh my God, I'm making an absolute fool out of myself in front of everyone or everyone thinks I'm a fucking weirdo or I've done something irreversibly bad. In that state, 
It is the most terrifying, horrible experience that I think people can really experience. You have moments of clarity and then you fade back into this like unknowing kind of bliss, I think. <laughs> the faces that I'm getting right now. <laughs> You're trying to hold it so much. <laughs> Look, guys. I'm like, trying not to step on you because in my head I'm just sound designing what you're saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm having a great time. Okay, look, this isn't much of a story cast. It's more of a, like, feeling one. And it's just like it, there is a feeling that you feel in the pit of your stomach when that happens. And it is sickening. Allegedly. Yes, oh, allegedly, completely fake story never happened. Well, thanks for really uh, bringing up the mood of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should go on in the back. I don't, you just went into it. I was like, do you want to do it now or later in my head? But I didn't get to that because you just uh, unloaded on us. Well, you know, good start to the pod. <laughs> New business? Any reaction to that, guys? No, no, no right? I have nothing I, to say. Are you all right? I, I, am, I have done a lot of inside work on myself <laughs> through experiences like that. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. New business? New business. Let's fucking amp this pot up. <laughs> this Woo. episode, something is rotten in downtown LA. The norms are turning into metal-loving, Ferrari-stealing, hedonistic thrill machines. And only one cop, and that guy from that show that I always say, drink when we mention, oh, can yeah. stop him. <laughs> Did you just get that? We're talking I about- I was like, I didn't recognize anyone in this movie, so- <laughs> We're talking about The Hidden from 1987. I want this car. Jonathan Miller would never do anything to break the law. I need the keys. Thank you. Bye. He is a very fine, very honest gentleman. Something strange is happening to some ordinary people. Yeah, that's Jack. Real nice man. What do you do, rob a bank? He's a law-abiding taxpayer, minding his own business. Killed 12 people, wounded 23 more, stole six cars, most of them Ferraris. If anybody deserves to go that way, sure in the hell's him. I worked homicide for 13 years. Now. I have never seen anything like this. You trying to tell me that she's fun in this? Step out of the car slow. I want answers, and I want them now. Explanation won't help you. I want to know why it takes 15 shots to take down some sold-out stripper. Why three law-abiding citizens all of a sudden go crazy and start killing people? We talking spacemen here? Something gets in his way, he kills us. Finds a body, gets inside. Uses it to move around. Try for one on the tire. If you think this is easy, why don't you try it? Bye. I guess a career in the police didn't really prepare you for this, did it? The Hidden. You think it's over now? You're wrong. Studio business, uh, New Line Cinema. I love uh, love it when a logo creates sense of memory for me.
New Line live in my head canon alongside Canon, yeah. <laughs> Charles Band <laughs> and Troma as what? other studios that when as soon as I see that logo, I know I'm in for a good time. Mm. Like really? so many good movie memories are attached to that lo- to that logo, but not in the same way as Canon. And Absolutely, all that. Really? New Line, New Line up there with Canon. Absolutely. What are what are some because, of the movies? Because yeah, thanks, thanks, Adam. Good throw. <laughs> We've already watched some New Line movies. We watched Pump Up the Volume as a New Line movie oh, and yeah. Ghost in the Machine as a New Line movie. Right. But this is to, for me is the first like New Line New Line movie, meaning that it feels this feels like the kind of thing when I, when I think of New Line. Studio was started by Bob Shea, Robert Shea, in the late nineteen sixties. He used to just buy and distribute foreign and art films and play them on U.S. college campuses, mm. and that's how that's how he started making his money. In the late seventies, they moved into production. They produced some John Waters movies. And then after the success of Friday the 13th, they decided to make a horror picture. Okay. In 1984, Bob Shea bet the house, the whole studio, including his house, on the vision of an ex-college professor and secret hardcore movie director (laughs) turned legit Wes Craven to make A Nightmare on Elm Street, turning New Line into the house that Freddy built. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to talk more about how that came to be when we solved the Nightmare on Elm Street problem. How do you mean? Well, how the fuck are we going to cover those movies? Well, I'm fucking still waiting to watch one. Oh, yeah, for a separate podcast, I believe. A series. Yeah, but we're going to do all seven. We're going to do seven in a row. <laughs> oh. Or are we going to spread them out? I it's, reckon, the, it's the Nightmare on Elm Street problem. I haven't we, figured it out yet. Ah. Uh, when the problem we, is Christmas we, break, we just have like a sleepover and watch those movies. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure that out another day. So early on in the New Line days, Bob hired a young editor to cut trailers for him. That was Jack Shoulder, the director of The Hidden. Hectic. When Bob wanted to make a horror movie in the wake of Friday the 13th, Jack pitched him a movie, Alone in the Dark, which was his directorial debut. I know that movie. You know the shitty 2000s Christian Slater, Tara Reid video game adaptation called Alone in the Dark? Right, okay. And it's not the same thing. Right, okay. Yes. There is a horror movie called Alone in the Dark from, yeah. the, from the early 80s. There is also a series of video games called Alone in the Dark from, from, the, from the 80s and 90s. Yes. That were then adapted into a very bad movie. Right, right, right. And those two things are not related to each other. Yep. I was prepared okay. for you to confuse those two things. <laughs> Thank you. You knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah. It's not a podcast if I don't have a bit of fun with confusion. Now I get past game. <laughs> now you all know why I get confused. Allegedly. Allegedly. After that, Bob tapped him to direct A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, a movie that's storied in my own personal history as a... Uh, because I may have recapped it in my U1 Creative Writing School book. The <laughs> Actually, I think I've... Have you shown that to people? Yeah, I've shown that. Yeah, I've mean, I told I that story. It. Yeah. Times, yeah. It's very disturbing. <laughs> in, the, in my retelling of it, Freddie kills my mum and me and Freddie are friends. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and yet. Sorry, mum. She grounded you that week. It didn't seem to raise red flags for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new one. The hidden, they knew what type of kid you were. The Hidden is his third movie and a deliberate effort by him not to be pigeonholed as a horror movie director by yeah, leaning okay. into making a science fiction action movie. And it kind of worked. He would kind of make a mix of horror and action, both in movies and television through the early to, into the early 2000s when he retired. In TV land, he directed a Tales from the Crypt episode. Yeah. And an episode of the 2003 version of Tremors. Oh, hectic. Yeah, the short-lived one-season Tremors TV show that which, we talked about on the Tremors yeah, episode. Yeah. Which you rated, didn't you? No. No, you didn't. No, we rated the trailer for the 
new version. New version, that's that right. never happened with, yep, yep, with yep. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Written by Bob Hunt. Fake name. <laughs> <laughs> Actually written by Jim Kof. I think that's how it's pronounced. K-O-U-F. Kof. Yep. Kof. He asked for his name to be taken off it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Jack Shoulder had rewritten his original screenplay and he had originally wanted to direct the movie but then got like bored of it when it was in like development for so long that he mm. just kind of walked away from it and had his name taken off it. He had written the Stakeout movies. Nah. So Emilio Estevez and Richard Dreyfus. Nah, that sounds fun, but There's two of those, Stakeout and Another Stakeout. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is it just called Another yeah. Stakeout? <laughs> I think it's called, or is it Stakeout? Or am I just confusing it with Another 48 Hours? <laughs> <laughs> Stakeout 2, Electric Boogaloo. I like those movies as a kid. They're definitely on the list, but I've not seen them since I was a small child. So who knows yeah, how far yeah. they've aged. He also wrote Operation Dumbo Drop. I oh, love that movie shit. as a child. Fucking yeah, damn it. as a kid I loved that. Every yeah. so often, I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh. Every so often a title pops up that I'm going to mention and I'm like, these fuckers are the right age to, yeah. go, to get a pop yeah, yeah. out of them. Operation like, Dumbo Drop was a banger when I was a kid. That was, I mean, that was that was on my like, we're going to the video store, what do you want, Adam? And really? At like 12 and I'd be like, this is what I want this weekend. See, it was never one of those movies that really like interested me, but I remember like going away with like my family and when they like didn't want to deal with the kid because I was the youngest, they'd put it on. <laughs> I'd be like, this is fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> Gang related with Tupac and one of the Belushis. Oh. Hmm. The first Rush Hour and the first National Treasure. Oh, then both, he is a National Treasure. But both with co-writers. So he right. either came on as the, he was either the first writer that got rewritten or he came on Wait, as this the is third. The National Treasure Kirk, movies, yeah. like, get a lot of love, but they also get some very unwarranted hate and I will like, fight people. I like both of those <laughs> movies. Fight I will fight people over those. I thought, I thought you'd be a bit more of a fan of the non-racism that is Rush Hour. Oh, I fucking love me. Rush Hour <laughs> 1 and oh, yeah. 2. Is it 2 where they go to China? Yeah. Don't know. Never seen any of them. Oh, you horrible no, no, man. 2 they don't go to no, China. I, no, it was the wrong age and I'm 3 then three, maybe. Yeah. yeah. 1 and 3 are the best. I love Jackie Chan. I don't want to see Jackie Chan in American movies. I mean, but the stunts he pulls off in those movies. Anyway. I'm sure. Yeah, I could, I, you know what? I could probably quite enjoy a stunt compilation on YouTube, Yeah, but I have no interest in watching those movies. <laughs> and you have a problem with him reacting to things on the internet. I do. How he react. That's a, watch the react. Oh, you watch yeah, yeah, react. yeah. No, 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 I have a problem with reaction videos. Like when you're watching somebody else yeah. reacting to something. I mean, I can watch things on YouTube. That's fine. <laughs> I don't fucking film myself and put it on YouTube. I'd, Guys, like, I'd, you like, find I'd like to see that, actually. Do you find it hard no. to, like, find people to, like, sit and watch things with? That's why I watch reactors. No. I, oh, man. Okay. That's because you can't be alone. <laughs> I can't be alone. Can we talk about Jim Cuff, please? <laughs> so, his last credit was a Jodie Foster directed Money Monster, which I remember enjoying, mm. but could not which, tell you Which one was Money Monster? Was that a relatively new one? The one that it's she- It's more recent. It's definitely within the last 10 years. Mm. Is that the one where she's like, like there's a hostage situation? No, that's Inside Man. That movie rules. Mm. Starring Michael Nuri as Detective Thomas Beck. He's mostly a TV actor, but before this he was in Flashdance. Okay. He's also the- Oh, Yes. I recently watched Flashdance for some reason. For some reason? <laughs> That's on the list of movies that you're not allowed to watch in what? case you need to be called into action on the podcast. Can no, this was I've never seen it. Yet. Oh, also, by the way, Adam is here. <laughs> <laughs> Did we do our normal intro? Yeah, kind of. Okay. I got a little bit distracted uh, by somebody telling me. a story. I'm Kira. Yeah. <laughs> a fake Kira. story. It was yeah. completely fake. Allegedly. Michael Nuri is also the voice <laughs> of Boulder in GoBots, The Battle of the Rock Lords. Nah, way too early for me. 
Do you know what GoBots is? It's the Go Transformers it's, thing. It's off-brand yeah. Transformers. Yeah. Yeah, it's what, the cheap Transformers. Wasn't it first? I don't know if it was first or second. It doesn't matter. It was always second. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. After this, he was in the 1990 Captain America movie directed by Albert Pune. The really, like, bad one? Yeah. Yeah, mad. Are we going to watch them? No. Oh. No, absolutely. I know you're no anti-superhero, but these are fun. It's not even fun. just anti-superheroes. It's just like, there's a line. I like bad movies, but I don't like movies that are so bad they're unwatchable. Fair. I don't know. We've watched a couple. <laughs> sure. Shut up. In TV land, pretty much every TV show in the 90s, he had one episode guest roles. He's Dr. Roberts in the OC. He was in NCIS for a while. Okay. Most recently, he was on the Kevin Costner-led Taylor Sheridan show, Yellowstone. Oh, who? I don't know. Michael Nuri. Who is he on He's Yellowstone? I don't know. I've never seen Yellowstone. I fucking love that show. Really? Good oh, my you. God. You're I have the biggest the, crush uh, on Rip. Have, have you got a 10 gallon Sheridan and some boots yet? Wait, you both Universe? Yeah, sorry. You're into the Taylor Sheridan universe. Of I don't shows. know. I, I probably am if they're like Yellowstone. Yeah, well, Yellowstone, and then there's the prequel, like 1923. Oh, we haven't got into that one yet. Yeah. yeah. But I will say, you know, the bully from Dazed and Confused? Which one? The redhead one. I mean, Ben Affleck is the bully in Dazed and Confused. Yeah, not the one that's like in the shop class wearing the baseball oh, shirt. Oh, Cole Hauser. Yeah. Cole Hauser. He is Rip in Yellowstone. Jesus Christ, what he does to me. The relationship with him and his wife. Oh, I, I've, I, I've missed him looking disrespectfully at people. Yep. Is that disrespectful? He's also, the, <laughs> he's also the villain in Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, oh, yeah. How do you always bring Playing things back Cuban. to a Furious movie? Oh. Playing a Cuban. Yeah. yeah. A redhead. Well, he's not naturally red. I don't think oh, he is he? naturally redhead. Or if actually. he was, he's no longer. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely dark hair, dark beard. And <laughs> weeds. <laughs> Sidetrack City. He's fucking distracted city. <laughs> the great Kyle McLaughlin. He made his film debut in David Lynch's Dune. I know was him that his from- film debut? That's his film debut. That's crazy. Yep. Wow, that's a big debut. A movie that yeah. flopped so badly he couldn't book another movie for two years. You know where I know him uh, from? That, uh, Desperate think- Housewives, right? Sex what? in the City. Sex in the City, yeah. that's what it yeah. is. He auditioned for Maverick and Top Gun. No. Oh, I could not see that. that I would like to work. spend an afternoon in an alternate universe where I get to watch that movie. Can I, this may be an unpopular opinion, do not rate him at all. Who? This guy. I Come o'clock and rules, man. Not a fan. Find what? him wooden and stiff. Previously on Weird Kid Video, Tromeo and Juliet. I, I do have a love for this guy on the back of Carl Hidden as well. It's Carl McLaughlin holding a flamethrower. Yeah. Oh, it's a flamethrower. He, he is someone who plays you know, very straight faced, unhinged, and, and I have a p- appreciation. And he's from Twin Peaks. Drew. Yeah. And now back to our regularly scheduled Brody. Oh, no, no. He's, good in, he's good in some things. I, fi- okay. I find his, his brand can lean badly to some things. When, you're, when your role is uh, an arsehole, he plays it well because I just don't like him. Okay. His so next movie was a reteam with Lynch for my favorite David Lynch movie, Blue Velvet, with Dennis Hopper and Isabella Rossellini. Okay. Hidden is only his third film. After this, feels like it. He does, he does, he does have a baby face he in this. He's just taking a stand to be a dick, to take a stand. I, I honestly... Guys, didn't enjoy the movie this week that much. Oh, spoilers. Oh, there's something very wrong with you. I know. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm 50. I, I, I take it. I, I never not really enjoy a movie, but I just found it a bit of a slog. Well, you can leave. Um, <laughs> after this, Twin Peaks drink. Yeah. Dale Cooper in, in Twin Peaks. The Doors, The Flintstones, 
Showgirls. Oh, he was great in the Flintstones. I don't remember the Flintstones that well. <laughs> Showgirls. Paul Verhoeven's Showgirls. Oh, yeah, that didn't go well. Yeah, I don't it, know. It if, did. That movie's a fucking masterpiece. I don't know if I ever Doesn't saw that. everyone hate it? Is, is, it is, it is, it has it had a critical reacclaimant as a cult movie because it really? is a fucking masterpiece because yeah. Paul Verhoeven does not miss. Mm. So, dude directed Robocop and Starship Troopers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you Paul think Verhoeven, that he yeah. doesn't know what he's doing when he yeah, makes Showgirls? Right. Yeah, yeah. And people just didn't realize at didn't the time. Didn't it kill what's the name's career? It killed lots of people's careers, <laughs> but it is a must. It is a masterpiece of of camp cheese cinema. In the two thousands, he is in the Hamlet movie that I mentioned. That you enjoyed the Ethan the Ethan Hawke Hamlet movie set in New ah, York. No. He's in that Sex in the City. Yep, Twin Peaks: The Return. How I Met Your Mother. He's the captain. <laughs> it's it's the captain. No. I quite like him on that. He's also apparently returned in How I Met Your Father. Uh, which okay. I don't even know why that show exists. It's yeah, yeah. pretty money. Rough. It's also like the second version of that of that show. Yeah. What do you mean? The original creators mm-hmm. did a pilot right after How, How I Met Your Mother and for Mother. How I Met Your Father that was rejected. Yeah. And then years later, the project came back again. Yeah, but how did they come up with this? Because it's pretty uh, bad. Uh, I'm not, I have no interest. <laughs> pretty, pretty bad. I just okay, feel bad for Hilary Duff. I love, I love her. I love her. I just, and she's in that. It's sad. <sighs> hmm. I smelled her perfume once. It was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't weird. No. Yeah, it was. That got weird. I passed within several meters of her and she smelled real good. <laughs> Fair I'm enough. Just saying. <laughs> and we'll leave it with that. I passed we'll several meters behind uh, Meatloaf as he, was, <laughs> as he was being carried away by paramedics after a show. <laughs> no, <laughs> Every show he yeah, had to be can taken out. Can we stay? Jesus. Let's stay on topic. I know so I have to hard, but let's, okay, How try. many famous people have you met? Mm. Or, or uh, smelled? Um, <laughs> being on stage with... I forget his name. The the DJ that's super famous. <laughs> no, no DJ. Long black DJ hair. That's super famous. Long black hair. Steve Aoki. Steve Aoki, yeah. <laughs> Been on stage with Steve Aoki. Oh, yeah, but that was, yeah, because of me. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was. It was it because, was of, because you. of me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can thank me later. <laughs> trailers. Fuck yeah, trailers. It's yeah, been a while since we've had trailers. Finally. And new line trailers. Lots of trailers for new line oh, movies. Oh, my God, yeah. There's quite a few movies that are on the list here. I didn't so. realize how old Big was. John. Josh Baskin may seem a little immature. Gross. A little strange. I really get a sense of, of who you are. A little adolescent. I like you and I want to spend the night with you. Okay, but I get to be on top. But he's only acting his age. How do you, how do you feel about me? Tom Hanks is big. Rated PG. <laughs> Old ass movie, 1986. Yeah, Tom Hanks looks like a baby. Yeah, yeah, we got we got bookend trailers. We got lots of trailers for Big. Fucking heaps. I fucking love Big. Yeah, I want a great movie. machine. Yeah. Also, super problematic, which I never realized. Yeah, because because that lady fucks that kid. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also like that poor mother. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That poor mother. It's, her it's kids just, just disappeared, yeah. and he's yeah. having a great time. Oh, yeah. And then a man breaks into her home. Yeah, that is her child just traumatizes the <laughs> fuck out of her. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Oh my that movie's God. way more twisted than people think it is. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Good job, Penny Marshall. <laughs> Fright Night Part Two. Remember the most terrifying night of your life? Welcome to Fright Night. Well, if you were scared before, why does a sheep 
Imagine how scared you'll be now. It's happening again. Yes, it's Fright Night Part 2. The terror is back. I'd kill for a cup of coffee. Roddy McDowell. It is happening again. Fright Night Part 2. Fright Night is... Now, I'm I'm not getting this wrong. Fright Night's the one where the vampire moves in next door, right? Correct. Yeah. Oh. The remake of that is fucking amazing. I've never seen the original. That was a very unpopular opinion on the internet. Really? I also really like the remake. No, fucking- uh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's amazing. Anton Yelchin. Tony amazing. Collette. I actually really, Anton really- Anton Yelchin, he is good. I yeah. forgot who was yeah, doing I'm that. Like, I'm yeah. probably probably that Wait, no, I'm thinking yeah. of the wrong person. No, no, you're thinking yeah. of the right person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Anton Yelchin died way too young and oh, in a tragic yeah. accident. I actually really like the, the remake. But people don't. The original is also fucking brilliant. Okay. It's incredible. It's on the, absolutely positive. The second does not look great, but it looks like a lot of fun. It's a good time. Yeah, can we watch uh, both? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Friday Night 2 is directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, director of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Dope. So fuck yeah, it's on the list. Fuck yeah. That movie is probably most memorable for its very unique VHS case. Okay. It was oversized and shaped like a coffin. <laughs> I feel yes. like I've seen that. It's a serious fucking collector's item now. I've been trying to track one down. I bid on one last year, but it ended up selling over $700. Shit. <laughs> it's wild that VHS being like an inferior medium and like all no. that, like... As, it's, it's artifact now. As we move yeah. into as we move into a to a future where culture has been completely flattened and we have nothing physical to grab onto, sure. we turn to the we turn to the past. Well, That's why vinyls come back. Yeah. That's why VHS has become a collector's item. But vinyl isn't isn't vinyl a really good medium? Not nah. it's not as good as CD. It's not as good quality as CD. It, oh. it degrades so why, so, in the heat. So all the like vinyl enthusiasts where it's like, oh, it sounds warmer oh, and it all that. Sound, it, sounds, yeah. it sounds different. Mm. Right. I love vinyl. I love the sound of vinyl. I collect, I collect vinyl. Yeah. Right? It, but not because it's the the clearest way to listen to music. Uh, it's because I like the way it sounds. The same way that I like the way that film looks. Yeah, true, true, right? true. It's, it's, about, it's about aesthetic. It's about texture. Bizarre. An erotic adventure. When fantasy becomes reality. What did I tell you? You're beautiful. It's bizarre. An erotic adventure. An unforgettable journey into the lives of three people. Wait. We have the whole night ahead. We have to get to know each other. It's a game, Eddie. Just go with it. It's only a game. Bizarre. It's only a game. And even though they're enjoying it, it has deadly consequences. It's a pleasure to watch you, my dear. Come on. Do it. <laughs> it's an yeah. Italian erotic thriller that time seems to have forgotten. And it looked very horny. It, oh, it yeah. was like over. It was like basically, like, hey, can we make porn? It's a release it in mainstream cinemas. Yeah, no, but we want to, can we make porn? But we want to make real, like real money. Yeah. <laughs> because this is an R rated tape. It has R rated trailers on it. So you ah. get stuff on here that you can't advertise mm. anywhere else. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. How long is it since you've been on Elm Street? Welcome to a brand new nightmare. Freddy Krueger has returned. You can't keep a good man down. How sweet. Fresh meat. Get ready for another dose of Freddy. 
Welcome to Wonderland, Alice. When you're on Elm Street, tell Fred sent you. as funny as the other one are they all meant to be funny no <sighs> no i'm not going to tell you about you have no idea fuck you're they're a babe wandering in the woods <laughs> <laughs> they are meant to be funny at a certain point yeah yeah right right but they're, they're horror comedy but i like there was that one that was like fucking basically a straight comedy you know are you thinking Freddy versus there's Jason? more than one that's a straight, dude you're so lost i can't wait you're hey. so lost you have no idea i had no idea they were this kind of vibe and i'm so keen to watch it yeah so this is directed by rennie harlan director of die hard 2 cliffhanger amazing cutthroat island the adventures of ford Fairlane. that's a career this is the mtv nightmare on street movie huh what do you mean by that? You have no fucking frame of reference for anything. So I'm MTV young. happens. MTV happens, and movies change because movies start reflecting music music videos. Okay, so this is you MTV see that was in such a night cultural too. revolution. Yeah. yeah. So so what? Ha- yeah. So you have what are called MTV filmmakers, mo- filmmakers that use like flashy editing and color and yeah, right. all kinds of and rock music in their in their in their it's, stuff. It's, and is, is that kind of the era of, of directors and filmmakers who are kind of grew up making skate films and shit? Not, I mean, kind yeah, is, is of. That that's a little bit, la- a little bit later, but yeah. more music music videos. Or yeah. Russell Mulcahy comes out. Of, comes yeah, out. Highlander that, is an MTV movie. Yeah, right? sure. Other than like television and theater, it's the first time that you have filmmakers coming to the medium through a different medium. So they're not coming to it through having been a TV director or being a theater director or even necessarily a TV commercial director. They're mm. coming to being a director through music videos. And then what do bringing you think music that is? video. Is craft. that more of a like a heavier focus on like it's a flashy editing? style? It's style. It's what it's what critics at the time would have said style over substance. Hollywood Shuffle, Robert Townsend. Mm. He wrote, produced, and directed and stars in a satire about how black actors are stereotyped in Hollywood. Hi. My name is Robert Townsend, and it's hard to make a movie in Hollywood. But I did, with the help of a few friends and a few credit cards. My film's about making it as an actor in Hollywood, but the real trick is finding a juicy role when the odds are against you. What we're looking for is an Eddie Murphy type. Never play the Rambos until they stop playing the Sambo. I I just want to be me. I I don't want to be Eddie Murphy. He's the one we want! I just want to... Hollywood Shuffle. Go see Hollywood Shuffle today, please! I remember this trailer from when I was a kid, but I've never, but I've never seen it. I really love the fact that he's like pitching in the in, in the trailer. He's pitching his movie. Yeah, in like his movies, he's, he was well, like, "This is not meta. Part, that's not part of the movie." <laughs> I, yeah, that's just is that not that's part of the, the trailer. Yeah. That's him being that's like, him in the please trailer watch my movie. Saying, please watch my <laughs> movie. Like, how, how much did it feel <laughs> so like desperate. he was just like a young black actor going like, guys, come see the movie. Please. Yeah. Fucking please. I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also I need the, to be paid. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad because like he's definitely not a big name. <laughs> no, 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 no. He did not have much of a career. Yeah. But he, yeah, he was a comedian and writer and then, and then yeah, he was trying to make a name for himself. Yeah. Night Screams. Asian has shown signs of violent behavior in the past, but these have been brought under control. With proper medication, the patient can function normally and productively in society. I hereby order the patient released. Did you hear about the party? Party time.
budget slasher. There's some pretty gnarly imagery in that, but it also looked kind of like pretty generic slasher. <laughs> There's this line in that trailer where it's like, but it's, yeah, it was so awkward. <laughs> I really want to see it. Night of the Sharks. James Ziegler has double-crossed the mafia. He's on the run. This will be the last time you have to pay me. But there's no place to hide. Now his brother has something they want. Two million dollars worth of time. And enough evidence to put them inside. What do you think? It could be dangerous. He's ready to take them on. You're signing your own death sentence, David. On his own ground. Now why don't you take off? Playing by his rules. For the highest stakes. started as blackmail is now a private war. Night of the Sharks with Treat Williams, Christopher Conley, and Antonio Fargus. Night of the Sharks. Yeah, Night of the Shark. This, this looks like grimy fun. This looks like gr- a fun. lot of fun. Yeah. It's your kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's an Italian Mexican co-production, and it also has that's that a, like that's a weird. Nah, I suppose spaghetti westernish yeah. sort of like yeah. The, with, kind of, the Italians went really into that with Treat Williams, and Treat Williams only just passed away a couple of weeks ago. He's yeah. the guy in the Phantom movie from nineteen ninety six with Billy Zane. It also like looked like those like um, I, also, I just also have to say he's also on Everwood, which. Is important for me to mention because Kira loves that show. Ever would. Okay. But yeah, it looked like um, basically American Ninja where it's like you put a punch, bunch of people in like a really nice location, just like had them fake shoot at each other for a while. Yeah. Um, and then the second part <laughs> of the big trailer, but with more plot. Have you ever had a really big secret? Josh Baskin has. I turned into a grown up mom. But no one would believe him. It's Josh. Not his best friend. Coach Not his girlfriend. Before I met you, I was in Little League. Oh, right. And just yesterday, I was a schoolgirl with pigtails. Not even his mother. What have you done to my son? I am your son, Mom. Where is my child? Tom Hanks. <laughs> Big. Rated PG. And then we'll get more trailers after the movie. Keep watching after this feature for more previews from the CBS Fox Video Collection. Including more big trailers. Yeah. This is the trailer that I realized like, oh, she's literally, they're both traumatized. He got run out by his mom with like a knife. The woman that he sleeps with. At the end of the movie, the look on her face when she realizes that he is actually a child in an adult body. It's Elizabeth Perkins. It's so dark. She, it, is a, it is a piece yeah. of Oscar worthy. Like she the is subtle devastated. Into it. Yeah. Oh. And the thing is, is, that the question most, is, is, she, is she devastated because she's like, I was in love with him or is she devastated? She's because she's because like she's, uh, she, and because she fucked, and she fucked a kid. Yeah, so Seriously. fucking dumb. I, I want a full synthesizer Alzheimer's machine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Can you can you get you one of those buy, in your house? You can buy little ones. Uh, on, on, I want. I want a remake Amazon. of Big yeah. that's just dark. Yeah, I mean, Big is dark enough. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to recap the premise of the hidden? Not oh, Brody. Because, about this. Not Brody because he's an idiot. <laughs> Go for uh, it. What's the main character's name again? Oh, fuck names. I, uh, I never remember don't names. Don't worry about names. Okay. Uh, the Hidden. The Hidden. The Hidden. The Hidden is about uh, 
an extraterrestrial force that uh, wreaks havoc, seems to love chaos, and uh, gets chased down by one of its own kind. I, yep. I, that's, yeah, that's all he's got. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where to go with this. It's a story wise. I was feeling like this was a little empty. Yeah. Action wise, I was feeling Thank like you. this was a good time. But like, it's it's a but it's an alien buddy cop movie, and that oh, sounds like no, it should I, be. I, I don't think you should call it a buddy cop movie. But it that's a, essentially it that's movie. essentially the, the structure of it, right? That's, that's a structure of oh, it, right? Yeah. But it's like that sounds like a super fun thing, and it was not mm. super fun. What is wrong with you? The buddies. No, seriously, go home, watch it again right now. We'll pick this back up. (laughs) Okay, okay. And we're back. We've just watched it for a second time. We have not. (laughs) Don't try try to make editing jokes. I love this movie. This was great. (laughs) Okay. The blockbuster entertainment guide to movies and videos from the year 1998, The Hidden. LA police detective helps offbeat extraterrestrial cop, track down evil slug-like alien that parasitically enters and takes control of innocent humans, turning them into violent criminals with a taste for heavy metal music. Did love the slug. Inventive, energetic, and lots of fun. Four stars. Really? Yep. Really? Yes. Energetic. It's a more straight-faced yeah, movie. it had a good energy, but it was just... Yeah, see, I, I felt like it was it dragged in moments and, like, the, the dialogue was slow and there was too, sl- too many slow beats. Janet Maslin <laughs> of the New York Times is Vincent Camby of yep. the New York Times. And in October Are we ever going to have another Janet Maslin? I, I, hope we, I honestly hope we don't. In October of 1987, <laughs> he wrote, The Hidden Opening Today is a jokey sci-fi horror movie about desperate pursuit of a vile thing from outer space. Though of a slimy texture, the creature looks like a giant caterpillar about 18 inches long, which can be passed from one host to another through the mouth. Once ingested, it turns a host into a short-tempered, short-lived lunatic who doesn't hesitate to kill when crossed. This is possibly a metaphor for a very real disease. I doubt it will read as such by audiences stuffing popcorn into their mouths. The movie is mostly a series of automobile chases what? through Los Angeles, but there is also some humor. Human hosts to the creature all develop mad passions to drive red Ferraris. Maybe you have to see it to get the full import. On second thought, maybe not. <laughs> Box office. The weekend that the hidden opened, it did not chart in the US box office at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see why. I'm sorry. I don't want to shit on it. Wow. No, no, no. But like, I just don't see this as being a blockbuster. You it's know not a mean? blockbuster yeah. at all. It's a cult movie. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. It's, I can see why. Top movie was Fatal Attraction in its seventh week. Second was Baby Boom, a Nancy Myers drama I had never heard never of heard before. Of but baby it was in its boom. fourth work. Yeah. Baby Boom. Is it about baby boomers? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Suspect was number three with Dennis Quaid, Cher, and Liam Neeson. Again, I never that heard sounds of that like movie. a fucking Cher dream team. Neeson. I know people always think <laughs> that Liam Neeson just became an actor in the nineties, but no. he was around for a long time before that. I would, yeah. I would, I would have actually liked to see that just to see if they had any chemistry. <laughs> Fourth was Fatal Beauty. Whoopi Goldberg. Never heard of it. Version of Beverly Hills Cop on the list. We've seen a Shut trailer. For it. We saw a trailer for it. Yeah, really? Yep. Oh, I haven't seen that. I heard the trailer. Oh shit! Fifth. Oh, vaguely, yeah. I do love a bit of Whoopi. Yeah, I like the, like early Whoopi, Jumping Jack Flash, mm-hmm. Fatal, Fatal Beauty. Fifth was a movie which covered. It was John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Oh, amazing. See, that's a movie that where, where I was came the- into the studio not being super about, and then, you know, you can convince me. What, what, where, where was its run at, the, at this point? Like, where was it at in its run? Well, The Hidden didn't chart. No, not, not The Hidden, sorry. But, uh, oh, I don't Prince know. of Darkness. I, oh. I didn't write that down. Who cares? Right. The... <laughs> Hidden did get a second weekend bump, rising it to eighth, basically mm-hmm. by word of mouth. It made just under ten million dollars, so it was a small hit for New Line. It did; it was a modest hit. So it made money. Made it made a little bit of money. Yeah, it was made That's for less rare than that. For yeah. well, a cult do you know what the budget was? I couldn't find what the budget was, mm-hmm. but it but it was a profitable movie. Oh, so well. its budget must have been under less than ten million. Less than ten million dollars yeah. if it made mm-hmm. a little bit of money. 
Uh, chances are the new line also probably made most of their money off foreign sales as, foreign opposed, sales to America, as opposed to American box office. Well, yeah. actually, it's so I, funny. I uh, feel I, like new line is like a big studio. No, they got bought by Warner brothers yeah. and then they, they got bought by Warner brothers. And then in the late nineties, they made a couple of little movies called Lord of the Rings, which is where you know them from. Oh, right? shit. But we're not, but I'm not really interested in the late nineties new line. I'm talking about <laughs> 1980s new line, right, which is a okay. totally different thing. They make genre movies. Mm. Yeah. Like this movie. Well, Lord of the Rings is a genre movie. My Marilyn Manson. Yeah, it is a fantasy movie. Sorry, I'll cut you off. What were you saying? Do you know where, whether there's much information about how much money uh, some of, a lot of these movies make on VHS? No. Oh. That studio's not going to tell you that because that's part of studio accounting. Bastards. Yeah, Where right. movies never they go like to, They like to hide this shit, don't they? So, you know, they can, nothing profits and nobody gets money on residuals and all yeah. that sort of shit. Yeah. Really? Up yours, Disney. Pay your writers, you fucks. This movie became a cult hit on VHS and it did well enough that they did make a sequel to it. Oh. There is a director video sequel from 1993, The Hidden 2, I can with see a completely that. new cast. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, none of the original actors, actors well, come back. I don't think any, many of the original actors survived. Yeah. Tell you who I thought the cop was at first. I thought it was fucking Robert Darby. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of looked yeah, like I was right. like, "Is this my boy?" So my backstory is with this movie is that I saw this movie with my dad, and it made enough of an impression on me that I remembered portions of it, but I definitely only saw it once. But this is a movie that I've come to rediscover and appreciate probably in the last five years. I need to understand the love though, like because you're like coming at me like, "Oh, you are wrong with your opinion that it's not a great movie." We'll talk as we talk through it. I will either sell you on this movie. I need, and you to, understand need to watch it, it again. Hey. I think you needed to watch it more than once. Okay. I don't understand how you don't think that Kyle McLaughlin is fucking hilarious in this movie because he is so funny. His line readings, his reactions, his whole performance is subtle and weird. He is playing an alien in a human body and it reads the yeah. whole time yeah, true. Like, incredibly. And you think he's stiff and wooden. Uh, I mean, I know that's the character. But the character isn't stiff and wooden. He's doing so much in scenes where he is not speaking. There is so much acting going on with his performance. I wouldn't disagree. Okay. I'm just saying it wasn't, it didn't grab me. Sure. Anyway, yeah. uh, if you want to watch this movie, it's available to hire digitally pretty much everywhere. I rented it in HD from, from Amazon Prime and it was a pretty good transfer. Yeah, my only source this week is the uh, screenplay. I happened to track down a draft of the shooting script from December of 1987. That's pretty good. It's the first time that we've covered a movie where I had the shooting script, which yeah. is kind of kind of interesting. So the other ones, you had the original scripts. Well, I had a, a, a script. Do you a know? Script. You don't know what the difference is? Between, no, I don't. Yeah, that's why I wrote a little thing about what the difference so is. So is it the final edit? No. Edit? No. Of a script, you no. know what I mean? Shut up and I'll tell you. I'm just asking <laughs> questions. So I love you. <laughs> not every movie has one, a shooting script. Some movies use storyboards instead of a shooting draft. Okay. But- Usually it's a draft created by the director, even if he is not the credited screenwriter, which is the case of this movie, mm. where for production that has a lot more detail about how he intends to shoot everything, including down to shots, angles, transitions. Shot. I thought a shooting script was the revisions that you get usually day to day where they tweak things as they go. No, it's done no. by the director before production begins right. instead of storyboards. Yeah, gotcha. Because what they do is they don't break down the scenes into scenes. Mm. They break it down into shots. Yeah. So the scene number. Oh. Right. So in, in a scene numbering of shooting a regular script. movie, you might have a hundred scenes, right? Yeah. Whereas this screenplay has 376 
shots listed. Sure. Does it go through, say, when it's doing a scene, does it just list the angles that they need to shoot from? No. Or this shot, then this it's shot, descri- then this shot? It's descriptive. Oh. So are they trying to get on It's screen? like POV X character looks back. Right. Right? You know, we watch- It's kind of like how their blocking works and everything. It's kind well. of blocking. It's right, really right, right. super. It's really super detailed. It's not shots as in like- Dutch wide, angle, this- yeah, Wide, yeah, yeah, 35 yeah. millimeter, you know, we track with dolly left to right, whatever, yeah. right? It's not that it is, but it is very specifically written action yeah. for every single, what is clearly going to be every single shot of the movie. Yeah. Probably yeah. very helpful for the DOP to figure out how they're going to shoot it. Yeah, but a fucking sort of thing. production to- and every, and every yeah. It'd be a bitch to kind of go through that depth in your mind and go, okay, this is how I need everything to move. I see a movie that detailed when I write it. Yeah. It really is. I mean, sure, but like putting it on the page is annoying. Yeah. It is also long, right? So it's yeah. a hundred, the movie runs for what? Just over, nearly just un, nearly just, under two hours. It's under two yeah. hours. It's yeah. like a hundred, it's like a hundred minutes, right? Yeah. The, yeah the with script, the trailers, it was like The two. script is like almost 130 pages. So it's not, you're abandoning one page in one minute, which is what traditional script. Yeah. Play format is. Do, do, do you think you'd prefer a shooting script rather than a uh, shot list, or rather than a, I mean, like, a like a storyboard? The structure? furthest thing from how you really write your script. I you, kind of well, I well, I write. There's a script and then there's a shooting. Like sure. they're, they're separate. Yeah, they are separate things. I kind of write with the shots in my in my head and I format in a way that allows you to know when I'm changing shots. Yeah. So my screenplay reads like, doesn't read like a shooting script, but it does read as a series of edits. Yeah. The way you do your like screen direction as well, you, you use a lot of references and you use a lot of tone that kind of paints a picture in your head. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, because I'm writing to direct as well. Yeah. I don't ever write anything that I don't have the intention to direct one day. I break a lot of rules. Yeah. But I don't give a fuck because I'm writing. It makes I'm it writing, way more entertaining I, I to read. for me and I'm going to yeah. direct it. I'm not writing to sell something. You read almost, you, you, it reads almost like prose the way you write. Kind of. Yeah. Shall we talk our way through the movie? Yes, we please. Can, now that we're an hour into this. <laughs> <laughs> an hour? Last, last no. episode we did real really well. We uh, recorded for two hours through. and five minutes. We powered through. This yeah. week, fucked. We're, weeds everywhere. Oh, look, I think we're going to go through the movie pretty quick. Okay. All I can say is this is a fucking strong start to a movie. Yeah, so we open oh. on grainy black and white CCTV footage of a bank as credits roll over the top. A man in a trench coat pulls a shotgun and opens fire on two security guards who are carrying money bags before killing a third guard. He takes the bags and looks straight at the camera and then shoots it. And yeah, fucking strong opening. I yeah, grinning. I loved the the long CCTV video. Yeah. What's really great about it yeah. is you don't know who to watch. You yeah. don't know where your eyes should be looking no. because it's grainy. It's just and cold. And it's start. just cold. Yeah. And you have no idea what's going on. And then this guy mm-hmm. in a trench coat, because he come, walks in and then he walks away and then he comes back and he stands and then he pulls a shotgun. It and looks totally yeah. mundane until yeah. it happens. Yeah. Which it's yeah, really, I, really I did good. enjoy the video. And then it's, he stands there for a little too long, like playing on that thing where you like look at fucking sociopaths sitting in an interview room and they just don't move. Yeah. yeah. Outside, he blasts another guard. <laughs> jumps into a waiting Ferrari, sticks a tape in, turns up the volume and peels out. Yeah. yeah.
this is Fifth Street in downtown LA. It's mm-hmm. the same street as the bank heist from Heat. Oh, hectic. Yeah. Used in tons of different movies. There's so many things in this opening sequence. Like, first of all, everything the bad alien does, I fucking love. Yeah. Like, they're, they're a fucking treat. Well, these many a good time. multiple actors are having a treat. Like, it's funny that I feel like it's one person going throughout. Well, because they're all consistent within that. Yeah. They all, it, good, they all did really, really that. work. Yeah. yeah. But, like, even the, like, from the, the top down view with everyone pointing to the cops when That's they peel a, yeah, out. Yeah. Bank Robert is played by Chris Mulkey. He shows up in lots of stuff. He's a cop in First Blood, the first Rambo movie. Yeah. He's one of the cops that harasses Rambo in that movie. Yeah, okay. yeah actually, yeah, I recognize. Yep. Yep. He's okay. in The Fan. He's in Broken Arrow. He's in Cloverfield. He's in The Purge. Every mm. fucking TV show. His TV career is Oh, he does crazy. seem familiar. Yeah. He is Hank Jennings in Twin Peaks. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's like four drinks this week. Yeah, the cops chase him. He's ramming cars, other cars, to get them in the way of that mm. of the cop cars and causing chaos. We get to see him like ram a mother as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. He, I love how fast and dangerous this stuff is. Yeah. yeah. This feels Feels like how I drive in GTA. <laughs> the layout of this part of downtown LA mm. is really well replicated in GTA as well. Yeah. So you can yeah. do this run if you want in GTA. In GTA. Um, <laughs> Drives through a park, cop cars getting wrecked. I did. Mercs a dude in a wheelchair. Oh, that was great. Yeah. I did. I did bump one thing. Is is probably close to the beginning of the chase. Is when he goes over a big hill yeah. and you see the person next to him is driving the car. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. fucking fall into into frame. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, this movie has zero fucks. Like it will kill it. Like it will kill a kid. It doesn't. Yeah. Care. it doesn't care. I love that they're truly just like. Right. right what does Total an alien maniac. give yep. a fuck about yep. these no, uh, kind of moral concerns? All yeah. the way through this sequence, you can see. General public crowds yeah. and cops just watching, just watching yeah. it being shot on the edge of, <laughs> edge of frame, which is something I love yeah, and actually love. And give a shit. Do you yeah. reckon the general public that were pointing at the cops when they first came? No, those are, those are actors, but there are lots of non-actors around mm. that stuff. As because I was going to well. say, yeah. like that would be fun to just like have a super high shot and go, "Hey guys, everyone that's watching, just we need you to like point when the cop cars yeah. pull in." Yeah. Detective Beck. Michael Norrie is showing a guy a picture of our bank robber, DeVries, and asking questions. Yeah, that's him, all right. That's Jack. Real nice man. Kind of quiet. Real gentleman. When was the last time you saw him? Oh, I haven't seen him in about a week. What do you do, <laughs> rob a bank? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Another cop, Willis, comes over and grabs Beck because they have him. DeVries drives through a piece of plate glass I that's know. being carried across the street. <laughs> and what's great about that is it isn't just the whole like, oh, he drives through the plate glass. He hits the fucking dudes carrying that, the glass as that well. stunt yeah. guy takes a nasty bump because oh, he's yeah. being I hit by a car and there's gl- broken glass. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a little bit of a little bit of movie history. Where was the first iteration of someone going through a plate glass? I don't, across it's got to be Westerns, know. right? Like in it's real Westerns. It's got to be a Western. <laughs> Western. Like, <laughs> that's how I picture it in my head. That was like the first <laughs> tempered glass that you can't no, no, see no, through. No, no, no. <laughs> Stage wagon. A horse just, a horse just fucking... Just, I'm, I mean, like the okay. trope of like Just a couple on the side it. of the road or something like that. You Jesus know what Jesus. I mean? <laughs> can, can you put that in a movie? Please? Yeah, I'd like to see that tag. <laughs> Two old timey dudes carrying a piece of glass you can't see through across the street, and then a horse just breaks its neck, and the guy flips uh, over the top of it and lands in the dirt. I, I meant something that, like, in a chase, someone goes through. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the cops have set up a roadblock. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. But honestly, the plate glass, I'm feeling like silent film. 
Yeah, maybe. But it, I want to know the first iteration. I want to know when that suddenly became a trope. I don't know. Suddenly, <laughs> somebody hit it with us. Uh, hit us with it. Mm. Uh, the cops have set up a roadblock with their shotguns out. Beck shows up with Willis and they talk to another cop, Sanchez. Willis is played by Edo Ross. He's in tons of stuff. He's in um, Lethal Weapon, Action Jackson, mm. Red Heat. Universal I Soldier. recognize any of these dudes. Oh, so many dudes. Sanchez mm. is played by Richard Brooks. I know him as Judah Earl. The He's the big bad in the Crow City of Angels, the second Crow movie. Oh, hectic. He's got an amazing voice. He shows up in lots of TV. He's Jubal Early in Firefly. Mm. Oh, oh, wait. Jubal Early? Who's, who's It's the existential episode of Firefly. I think it's the last episode. It's mm. the one where they're all running out of oxygen on the uh, ship. Was that the last episode or was uh, that the bounty hunter? It could be the second last. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's not the last episode. Yeah, sure, so he plays sure. Jubal Early. They all grab shotguns and wait for DeVries. Don't have to wait very long. DeVries charges and everybody opens fire. Beck do, doesn't do, move until the last yeah. second. Do, yeah. do police actually do this? Because this it looks like a terrible time. You're behind all that car and if he's hidden it, you're turning into mush. Well, I think the idea is like... You, to disable they, the car before it gets... Yeah. And, and the man before they, it they gets... They didn't leave much room between the hill and them. No. <laughs> like, ba- poor, poor, poor positioning there. I, I think the idea is to like make a wall where they stop and like, oh, I'm not going to get through. Yeah. But like, Good question. Did this ever happen? Like the chases that you see in 80s and 90s movies. Oh, yeah. Like do They're they- stylized, do, but- Do they are, ever are chase they, like this? Are they referencing like shit that happened? Because like now it's like, oh, they're going too fast in a certain time, certain place of the city. We'll pull back. Yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of um, care about the public's that, endangerment yeah, but that's, in this that's, movie. That's but relatively, was, it, was it real? I don't know. That's relatively new, all that stuff about yeah. car chases where they have to pull back after a certain speed. That's what I thought. The, because people got killed. Yeah. Because bystanders would get killed. So DeVries gets out of the car laughing and then the cops just blow him and the car away. He got out. The, the, <laughs> the, the physical acting, so again, the physical acting in this is great. The way how he just flops out of the fucking like, car with he's his cool, bags of money cooked, and man. shit. Yeah, <laughs> fully just fried. DeVries is alive. He's in hospital. <laughs> Beck and Willis Just talk to a, to, hell. to a doctor. It's unlikely he'll live through the night. Good. I love the doctor moralizing to Willis. <laughs> and then Willis gives us DeVries' shopping list. He killed 12 people, wounded 23 more, stole six cars, most of them Ferraris. Rob, they banked six supermarkets, four jewelry stores, and a candy shop. Six of the ones he killed, he carved up with a butcher knife. Two of them were kids. He did all that in two weeks. If anybody deserves to go that way, sure in the hell was him. Damn. That's a good time. Yeah, that's a, that's a shopping list right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the cop shop, Captain Masterson is chatting with Ed Flynn, police administrator. Flynn wants Beck for a protection detail for a senator that's about to announce he's running for president. Masterson doesn't want to give him Beck. Masterson doesn't want to give him Beck. If he does... No, I'll never get him back again. My department will then crumble. Crime will run rampant. The city will fall into ruin. Rampaging hordes will control the streets and life as we know it will end. Hey, 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 John. I don't want Willis. I want Beck. Senator's coming here to announce he's running for president, for Christ's sake. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, I'm saying this movie's good. I said the start of this movie is so fucking strong. Okay. It the, the the police department does feel like utter chaos though. Yeah, yeah. this is a and I'm like, is there? It's just like another murder, another murder, and he's yeah. like, God damn yeah. it! Yeah. And Ken, I didn't hate this movie. You, I need you, you know said this. I didn't like this movie. Yeah, this I'm week. not about it. I'm not about it. I didn't hate okay. it. In the script, <laughs> he tries to further seal the deal with him taking Willis by saying. The Willis's aim is much better now. <laughs> oh, and they got cut out. Like, that's too far. Flynn is played by a fucking film icon, Clue Gulliger. 
He passed away last year at age 93. He started in Westerns in the 1950s. Okay. Did you guys already play Glass Windows? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Lots of, on his horse. Lots of TV in the 1970s. In film, he's in The Killers, Last Picture Show, and then he became kind of like a horror movie guy in the 80s. Okay. He's in Return of the Living Dead, oh, yeah. which is yeah. the greatest horror comedy ever made. And Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, okay. directed by Jack Shoulder, who directed this movie. Right. Later on, he's in one of the Puppet Master movies for Charles Band. Okay. And then his last movie role is as a bookstore owner in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where Sharon Tate buys a book from. Hollywood icon. And, and a very funny man. There are great making of documentaries for a lot of some of the movies that he's been in, and he's always entertaining in those things, uh, especially the Nightmare on Elm Street one, uh, Never Sleep Again. Flynn leaves and enters uh flynn leaves and entering into the scene we get lloyd gallagher carl mclaughlin g-man mm. from seattle he's chasing a suspect needs some local help he spoke to the chief and has been assigned to beck everyone wants beck beck must be the best cop in the world yeah also yeah did he just know who beck was like the the question of like well why he's he probably would come found in out like, he's probably found out that beck he was is on, on the, the case, case. Fuck, right, that makes so, so much sense beck isn't thrilled I'm in the middle of the case here. I haven't finished my shooting report. What am I supposed to do? Drop this? Doesn't anybody say please anymore? Please. How can I refuse? You can't. He dumps it on another cop's desk. Do not put that on my desk. Do not put that on my desk. Yeah, come on, give me a break. I haven't seen my wife in a month. Believe me, she's fine. I was with her last night and she said to say hello. I sent you a big kiss. You guys are very fun. You know, she's getting kind of fat. <laughs> Beck asks him who public enemy number one is, which is good fun. Gallagher is after Jack DeVries. Beck tells him to go get a drink. DeVries isn't going anywhere. He's in hospital and Gallagher rushes off to the hospital. At the hospital, DeVries wakes up, goes to the guy in bed next to him, opens his mouth and a large bug-like thing crawls out of him and into the body of the other man. When the legs I, I came out of the mouth, that yeah. was dope. That was good. I felt like the slug was way too big to make it. Yeah. I kind of love the, how, I big, love how it, big it yeah. is. Yeah. It is horrifying. Uh, it really is. I, I, they classify this as a horror, yeah? It has like body horror elements, it, but it's not a body it, horror. It's, it's, it's yeah. not enough to really- No, not yeah. at all. It's an action thriller. Yeah. yeah. It's a um, science fiction action thriller. Yeah. In the script, they refer to it as a black memberous pulsating glob. Oh. As opposed to a, an insect that's a, creature, that's a that's a great uh, great description. Yep. Yeah, that is a good description of me, it. Me, okay, sorry, I'm up against membrous. Membrous. <laughs> I didn't know that was a word, but now I do, and I will use it. Don't use it in conversation. <laughs> I actually think that they blow this too early. You reckon? Yeah. You think I, they bring it out too early? I think they they could have tease something happening that we didn't see and then that we could have done the bug later with either the stripper or the dog. You know what would have been great? Like just the legs so it's like really horrifying at first and then towards the end we see the member thing and then even later we see it, it's just <laughs> even bigger. It's like, oh, yeah. what the fuck so is I going just think on? That, I think that's the one movie, one thing that this movie does a little bit too early yeah. is it tells you that something is off too soon. It I would takes have liked the theory to, out of it. It, does, well, wow. it just kind of- Oh yeah, that would have been I just kind of wish that we had a little bit more, like we kind of, it, as it, an audience- it, it, You lose the tension. So what yeah, it is is- Yeah, we know. Yeah, so we know, but the characters don't know. So yeah. Beck doesn't know. So we're ahead of Beck and I always think that it's- not always. I think sometimes it's a good idea to keep the audience in the yeah. same position as the character who doesn't um, understand. When it builds suspense unless, unless and you're terror. Gonna, unless you're going to like 
bring a twist in. Yeah. And the twist is that is that what's his name is an, is, is an alien yeah, is as a, well. Is that Gallagher is also Gallagher an alien. Gallagher is yeah. an alien. But it's, it's, the issue is because of his acting, it's not like it's obvious. Yeah. A little bit. If we could have just known that they're weird and we don't know why, that you're right. 100%. I think it's yeah. the tiniest little thing. Yeah. It's not even a complaint. It's just yeah. one of those things where I go, could have done this better. Just kind of wish that you just waited a little bit longer. Yeah. You let us, let the audience not know what the fuck is going on for a little bit, for a little bit longer. Yeah. And yeah. And then to be honest, if it happened during the stripper transfer there as well, that would have made that a little bit more traumatic as yeah, well. That's the thing, yeah. yeah. So a doctor shocks the other guy, whose name <laughs> we don't know yet, and gets zapped. And then that guy wakes up and walks away. Yeah. Gallagher arrives to see the now empty DeVries. We find out that the guy who walked away, Miller. Mr. Miller has an extremely bad stomach condition, severe gastritis, and his heart finally deteriorated to the point where we had to schedule a triple bypass. Yesterday afternoon, he had a massive coronary. But today, it was as if he just... Got up and walked out. I can't really explain it. But I know that that's not the man you're looking for. Jonathan Miller would never do anything to break the law. He is a very kind, very honest gentleman. Miller is shoplifting cassette tapes at a record <laughs> store. He's played by William Boyette. He was a working actor in lots of bit parts in TV and movies, but this is kind of his standout role. Like he breaks out in this movie. Really? Because okay. he's phenomenal. He, he does yeah. do he's some really so good. Swings, the, for the, swings for the fences. Yeah. The sounds, they did a really good job of putting obviously sounds that he's meant to be hearing internally and him acting to those sounds at the same time. I think everyone's hearing those sounds. Oh, well, yeah, but, like, there's no one around him to really react to them. There's the waitresses in the diner later. Oh, true, 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 so true. Something that they drop from the movie that's in the script is that the host to this alien thing develops a strawberry-shaped birthmark on their hands. So it's like a visual indicator of, who, uh, of how you know who is the thing. Don't need it. But yeah. you don't need it. Yeah, anyway. nah. yeah, so they drop it. Miller beats the shit out of a clerk that confronts him, yeah. takes all the cash from the register, sees a poster advertising a boombox or ghetto blaster, as yeah. the kids call it, breaks open a cabinet and steals one and then walks down the street in his suit blasting <laughs> metal. Fuck yeah. Fucking great. I love I love the fact that this alien is just like, yeah, I'm going to do everything I want all the time. It's just like loud music, eat stupid amounts of food, and like he just develops a weird like uh, sexuality as well. Like I just love it. He's just here to have a good time. I love the idea and concept of this alien. Yeah. yeah. In the homicide bullpen, Beck takes his paperwork back from the other cop. Gallagher comes in and tells him that they need to get started, hands him a photo of public enemy number two, mm. Miller. And then Beck goes and dumps the paperwork back with the other cop. That poor bastard. <laughs> that bit is good. I yep. do like that bit. They look at Miller's police record. Beck's not impressed. Quite the desperado. Still handing out the death penalty for unpaid traffic tickets. I don't do traffic tickets. I missed that bit. Were you perhaps not paying attention? No, I just, I just don't recall. I didn't recall that. Yeah. Beck gets told about the record store murder. And then at the scene, Beck arrives. Sanchez has a witness, a woman that came in right after. And Gallagher is already there talking to her. Yeah. I love how, first of all, 
it didn't really seem like he murdered this dude. <laughs> he just like kind of savagely beat times. him. Yeah, well, he beats the shit out of him. Yeah, he does. But like, you don't really like. You he could have. He could have just not died. But second of all, I love how this alien has no middle ground either. No, it's like there's no injuring someone. <laughs> it's, he's he he's not going to shoot anyone in the leg. People. No, <laughs> it's, it's pure like id. Yeah, like he, the line of dialogue yeah, that this true. character gets later is all about what it wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beck. And Gallagher have a little chat outside. Beck, him, Beck tells him, I don't know what you think this has to do with you, but you're out of line. The guy you came here for is dead. Your job here is done. I suggest you get on the next flight back to Seattle. The witness has worked up a sketch of the man that killed, that she saw that killed the clerk, and it's Miller. Gallagher asks Beck if they should get started. They don't like each other, but they're going to have to work together to figure this out. Beck wants to know why they don't have a criminal record on Miller, and Gallagher explains... You don't have anything on Miller because he's always changing his identity. The same with DeVries. You didn't have anything on him until a couple of weeks ago, because that's when you finally caught up with him as DeVries. Before that, he was Arvin J. Lusk in Portland, and before that, William Butler in Seattle. Miller does the same thing. This is the closest I've been. You have to be stopped here before he moves again. We'll take, we'll take my, my car. <laughs> He also must have a penchant for uh, yeah. nice cars. Yeah, because his car The is car a budget of this movie was insane. Well, they're kit cars. They're not the real thing. Oh, that you makes sense. Drive, you don't drive a car, a Ferrari like that on nah. the streets of LA. That makes sense. It's a kit car. Right. Yeah. I like the mislead. You walk over to what looks like a regular FBI standard issue car, mm. but the Porsche is so low to the ground that it's behind that car. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do a cut to uh, the Porsche. I didn't notice. That's great. That's what I'm saying. There's good shit in this movie. Yeah, uh, totally. And honestly, I think, I th- it's, I think the it's, beats under- between- it's understated in certain ways. Yeah. So I don't think it lands all the time for some people if you're not, yeah. wa- if you're not watching it. I, that, which is why I think you need to watch it and watch it again. Yeah. Because but I think see, there's the more going on. The big moments are great, and it's the but slower moments in between. Like the, like, I think there's. I I think there is one section that drags, but I do not think that that, that section that drags pulls away from it. But like else, even when else. they're in the cop shops and just like talking and chatting, they're, their banter, they're fine. Their banter is fantastic. They're fine, but it's not. It doesn't grab me. You There's know what I mean? There's more going on though. Like the dialogue, like sh- the fact that schlocky. the fact that he calls him public enemy. I did expect it to be schlocky. To be honest, I did expect this to be this very schlocky. Pretty schlocky. But like, there's also quiet and straight bits. You know what I mean? I think this movie is funnier than you're giving it credit for. Mm, him calling okay. him public enemy number one and then public enemy number two. That yeah. shit's funny. It didn't grab me, is all. It yeah. didn't grab me, but I do recognize there are great moments. Okay. Gallagher screams out of the lot. Beck asks him how much it cost. He doesn't know. What did you do? Steal it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how, like, he's just up front with a lot of shit. I do yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Miller is blasting Still in Hollywood by Concrete Blonde as he eats and drinks at a diner. <laughs> I feel like in America, 
you're not doing this for long. Someone's coming over to tell you to fuck off. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, the waitresses are talking about him. He's scanning the diner, probably for a new body because he's already having like indigestion. Yeah. When the TV catches his attention, he spots Senator Richard Holt. In bettering the lives of the young people in this community stands as an example to the rest of the nation that yes, government can and should serve the needs of the small as well as the giant. Is it true you'll be announcing your campaign plans this oh, Tuesday? Oh, you'll have to wait for next Tuesday for help. Bye, guys. Thank you. And then outside a Ferrari drives by, <laughs> so he just runs out and chases it down the street. Yeah. <laughs> it's clearly having a heart issue. Yeah. he has to stop. Back at the record store, Gallagher wants to canvas the area from the hospital to the store. Beck is put out that Gallagher isn't telling him everything and they argue. Beck wants to know why the hell would he come here and murder a guy for a lousy hundred bucks on a radio? And Gallagher's response is because he likes it. When he wants something, he steals mm. it. Something gets in his way, he kills it. And right now, he's hiding out in your city. You're talking about Miller. Right. Well, it sounds a lot to me like you're talking about Debris. You don't think you might be a little confused? Miller has found a luxury car yard. I love this bit. Mm. A Ferrari being taken for a test drive pulls in. I want that car. <laughs> yeah. This car's sold. The salesman and the buyer head inside to do some paperwork, and the car salesman sends his heavy to kick Miller out of the yard. Miller has gotten into the car. Hey, dickhead. What do you think you're doing? I need the keys. Fine. Have a car. Don't come back. I won't be as friendly next time. That's Dwayne Davis. He's in A Nightmare on Street Part 4. Mm. Okay. He's in Digstown, Universal Soldier, Under Siege, John Carpenter's ghost from Mar- yeah, Ghosts of Mars. he looks a little bit more yeah, he familiar. He shows, shows up in bits, in bits and pieces, yeah. Mm. And yeah. then Miller just walks in and then just shoots him. <laughs> yeah. Inside, the salesman and the buyer are just doing some, some light coke and some paperwork. Yeah, well, I mean, that's when, how when you, you do a car dealer, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> from, from a guy that's clearly also sleazy. Yeah. There's a knock at the door. I'm busy. I want the car. What the hell is that wacko still doing here? Give me a minute, will you? What the hell is Eddie doing out there for God's sake? Eddie! Oh my God. I need the keys. Give me the keys. Hey man, I just signed the paper. Give him the fucking keys. Thank you. Bye. Everything the bad alien does, I'm down there. So fucking funny. So good. The cops. The funny thing is though, if he didn't kill like twice, then they would lose his trail. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not how he works. No. Beck, Willis, Sanchez, and Gallagher work the scene. Sanchez has figured out that there's a car missing, a Ferrari. He likes Ferraris, so they put out an APB on the car. Miller's cruising. He watches a guy pick up his girlfriend on mm. ring, and then imitates him with some rando woman who just tells him to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Tries to pull his gun, but... He's out of bullets. He ends up going through the wallet of the guy that was going to buy the car, finds a business card for Anchor Imports and for the harem room, Mm -hmm. and then goes to the import warehouse. In the Porsche, Beck and Miller talk. You know what bothers me about these two guys, DeVries and Miller? Neither has a criminal record. They both had normal lives until a few days ago, and now they're killing people. You read minds, or is that just a shot in the dark? I read minds. Oh, yeah? What was I just thinking? And I'm full of shit. Impressive. Not really. Pretty simple to read. So do we actually think he reads minds? Nah. No. <laughs> no. It's, it's good banter. 
Gallagher floors it through a red light. Beck wants to know if this is a job or personal. And we find out that mm. he killed Gallagher's partner. Which one? Hmm? Which one killed your partner? Both. So Miller breaks into Anchor Imports, turns on a record player and a country song plays. Mm -hmm. So he smashes the record player. <laughs> yeah, not a fan of country music. No. He likes metal and rock. <laughs> he finds a case of weapons, but again, his, his uh, heart issues are starting to act up. And his Why are there weapons just sitting at this? Because he's well, this an importer and arms dealer. Oh, he's an he's arms a, dealer. Yeah. There's a line of dialogue. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. And the importer is like a cover thing. Is gotcha. a cover, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So his body is clearly dying and, and rejecting the uh, insect. Beck and Gallagher run a check on the buyer. He's, in fact, an arms dealer. <laughs> okay, yeah. This is, oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> Get uh, too ahead of myself. In the script, the guy makes porn. <laughs> And so he has guns. So he just has guns. <laughs> so yeah, sleazy people have guns. They go, they I believe together. that leap of faith. Yeah. As well. So they yeah. just yeah, and mm. so they just change it for the yeah, change it during production. Obviously, Sansa shows up with Chekhov's flamethrower. What the hell is that? A flamethrower, man. Can you believe it? Patrol picked us up off some homeboy on the street. Okay. Remember the good old days of zip guns. I forgot this is when it's introduced. <laughs> yeah. They set it up, Beck sends units to Buckley's house and office and then calls his wife and invites Gallagher home to dinner. And I think that this is the part of the movie that drags. Yeah. And it's super awkward. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, we know why eventually. Yeah, yeah. Beck's house may as well have a white picket fence. Gallagher checks out the house while Beck gets some beers. I did, I did mirror I, bit as well. I did enjoy the fact that Beck isn't the stereotypical like- He's not James Kahn in Alien Nation. Yeah. Yeah, he's he not like the, the maverick cop that like- Oh, he's always divorced, yeah. doesn't see his kids, yeah. alcoholic, James lives Khan in a shithole. James yeah. Khan in Alien Nation. Yeah. yeah. The other body cop movie with aliens that we've covered okay. in this, yeah. this podcast. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Well, I wasn't here for that, <laughs> for that one. It's okay. <laughs> Gallagher finds a photo of Beck's little girl. I kind of wish he was James Khan though. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Totally right. so I, I, I don't think Michael Norrie is very good. Yeah. He checks out his own face in a mirror, which is our first hint hint. Yeah. Mrs. Beck is reading to their little girl, Julia. Is it her first hint? Yes. It's the first thing on screen that indicates that he is not human because we have seen the other alien do it. Oh, uh, visually, but he said a lot of stuff. Yeah. Not really. He said a lot of weird shit. It's been overt. Like, you can make the jump. You can absolutely. It's oh, not yeah. overt. It's, I wouldn't say it's overt. So you can easily make the jump in the, the jump in the assumption. But within the text of the movie and what we have seen vis visually, this is the first indication that he is an, that he's an alien. Okay. We, know he's, we know he is chasing an alien. We don't know he is an alien. I didn't get the connection when he looked in the mirror. It, and I, didn't his face. I didn't catch it. I didn't it literally either. in the scene in the, yeah. in the warehouse, Miller does the exact same thing. Yeah. Okay, I didn't, I didn't yeah. grab, I didn't grab that. I just, I knew he was yeah. an alien, so I yeah. assumed it was because him you can looking make, at his you can new make visage. That assumption. You can make, you can quite easily, yeah, as yeah, a yeah. viewer, just make that assumption once you know that there's this insect bug that crawls between things. Yeah, but the movie has not told you what he is yet. He could just be a regular dude. Think Strange about a movie. Dude. Think about a movie like, um, uh, no, they turned out to be aliens there too. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like another movie. But so you, yeah, like you know that he is hunting hunting this bug creature, but hmm. you don't necessarily know that he himself isn't 
is an alien. Yeah, but his general weirdness, I think, is is a yeah. big, big flag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't make the jump. I'm just sure, saying that sure, within, sure, the, sure. within the context of the movie, this is the first time the mm. movie tells us that. Yeah, 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 okay. Mrs. Beck is reading to their little girl, Juliet. And the fairy princess began to laugh with joy. There was the shiny silver castle on the top of the mountain. And here's Daddy. Hey, mommy. Hi, baby. How was your day? Interesting. Hi, Daddy. As my girl. Why? Did you feed your turtle? Hmm? Oh, wait till you see the painting she did in school today. She's got another refrigerator already. Hmm. What have we got for dinner? FBI. Well, at least they're polite. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were standing there. Honey, this is Lloyd Gallagher. Lloyd, this is my wife, Barbara. It's very nice to have you with us, Lloyd. It's nice to be here, Barbara. I don't mean to disturb you. Oh, no, that's all right. Come on in for a minute. This is our daughter, Juliet. You want to say goodnight to Mr. Gallagher? It's a lot of creep in this scene. Yeah. Miller finds the harem room. He's not looking too well. He's uh, kind of pale. And then at dinner, Gallagher is already hammered off like one beer. We're, we're blowing <laughs> through this. I need to slow down. Why? Because the bedtime when they're putting the... Oh, what's the alien's Gallagher. name? Gallagher. Gallagher walks in and stands there and they're <laughs> like, say goodnight. Weird. And he just like doesn't say anything. So awkward, man. It's so creep and awkward. Yeah. I couldn't get past it. Yeah. I mean, we find out why. We find out why. Yeah, he's of reacting, course. He's reacting strangely. You have to understand that, that he's comes to this planet he has been chasing this thing as we will find out for like what however many years it's been like 10 years nine years yeah, yeah something like that and this is probably the first interaction he's had with with a with a creature that reminds him of his of his daughter yeah so he's having a freak he's having a freak out yeah and then he drinks alcohol for probably the first time yeah so yeah i appreciate that but yeah it was a very jarring thing to be like is he not going to say anything like yeah. is he just going to be quiet and walk out of the room what is going on mrs beck asks gallagher where he's from ross al that's in the United States. Oh, I never heard of that one. Gallagher yeah. asks about Juliet. Do you love her? <laughs> what do you but mean? she's special. What do you mean? Do, you, do we love her? Yeah, he's real weird. <laughs> Can I? So my reading of this is that she perceived him somehow. Like Daughter. she, the daughter perceived him because there's of the scene at the end, and because he asked, she looks at him weird. Then she uh, he asks, is she special? And then there's this look at the end that they share. And I was like, does she perceive him somehow? I think that she's weirded out by his energy. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, she knows that there's something that that, that is not. Either, either she knows, whether she knows that that's not her father. We're getting to the fucking end of the movie. Whether she knows that's not her father or whether she just feels that same energy. Right. Mm. Yeah. So there's some vibe there. Yeah, there's definitely a vibe vibe there. So this is where we find out that Galga's wife and kid were killed by the man that killed his partner. Yes, of course, because every cop has to have a tragic backstory, even if they are from outer space. Yeah. (laughs) Miller is enjoying himself at the harem room with his duffel bag full of guns bleeding onto the bar. (laughs) No one's going to notice a duffel bag full of guns. No. In the 80s. It's, it's could be I mean, even if I did, I probably wouldn't say anything. No. <laughs> well, the bartender asked him if he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's just bleeding onto that bar. Yeah. 
The bartender is Jack McGee. I also kind of recognize this guy. So, McGee was a firefighter in New York in the 1970s before oh. becoming an actor. Yeah. He is the he's the construction guy working on the extension of the Murtaugh house in Lethal Weapon 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's also in Charles Band's Crash and Burn. He's a bartender in Twin Peaks. Drink. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. And he plays a New York firefighter in the Dennis Leary TV show Rescue Me. Oh. From the from the early earlier in the 2000s. That was a big show. Love. Yeah, I maybe I show. maybe I haven't seen him. He yeah. looked familiar though. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, Jack McGee shows up in all in mm. all kinds of stuff, and okay. he was actually a firefighter, and then he plays a firefighter yeah. in the Dennis Leary show, which is great. <laughs> so there's a side story because I brought up the Lethal Weapon House. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you know about this? Uh, no. Um, probably not. But right. I, I love that. I love that movie. The second one. Is- yeah. Well, I like all, I like pretty much all, all those them. movies. Yeah. yeah. So I really don't know. Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon slaps. Man. I know I've seen one. Yeah, good, great action. Yeah. Anyway, so the Lethal Weapon house is on Blondie Street and the Warner Brothers Ranch. Mm. Mm. It's a standing neighborhood that Warner Brothers has used as a back lot since the 1950s. Yeah. It's been used in hundreds of movies and TV shows. Okay. I spot it all the time and stuff. The Griswold house yeah. from Christmas Vacation is the house next to the Lethal Weapon house. Oh, uh, yeah. hectic. When Julia Julia Louis-Dreyfus and yeah. David Duchovny, who are the next door neighbors, they're yeah. in the Lethal Weapon yeah. house. Is it David Duchovny? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fuck, it's so man. good. This street is home to the Partridge family house, which is also in lots of movies. It's Sean's house in Monster Squad. It's also the same place where the Friends Fountain was. It got moved quite a few years ago. You have referenced Monster Squad so many times, and I have no idea what it is. I'm so excited. <laughs> just, just you wait. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. iconic. Well, Warner Brothers sold the land and the whole ranch and then leased it back from the company that they sold it to. Which is a tax dodge. Well, yeah, it, <laughs> it is. And the whole ranch is being in the, in the process of being demolished to make way for a massive redevelopment with more sound stages because that's more profitable than managing standing sets. Really? Yeah. Sucks. And I'm legitimately upset by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're not going to keep any like things as like this is the... No, they're bulldozing the whole whole thing. Lots of houses. They've already started. So they're doing it this summer, US time. So it's already started. They've already started pulling pulling places down. One of my favorite things in movies is is spotting... Things that are being reused. Backlots. Backlots. Stuff. It's just a history of movies. It's man. a history, like right? It, it's, yeah. it's a through history of a connective tissue. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's when directors reference directors. It's when movies MacGuffin each other. Yeah, and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, the it's fact so that good. the Lethal Weapon House is the is ne- the yeah. house next door to the Griswold House is yeah. just, just amazing. Yeah. yeah, I actually find it legitimately upsetting that that street will never pop up again in anything. Mm. It mm. sucks so bad. Yeah, that's my little rant about the mm-hmm. totally unrelated. But just I didn't know that was a thing. But now I just am because sad. Jack yeah. McGee shows up. Yeah. <laughs> well, you look. You look at like the the town square and Back to the Future and stuff. It's in everything. Yeah, true. All, all that sort of I knew shit. that one. It's um from To Kill a Bo- Mockingbird. Yeah. yeah, it shows. Yeah, it's in every. Wow. Yep. Yeah. A lot I of this didn't stuff. Know date, that one. A lot of this stuff dates back mm-hmm. a long, long time. Huh. Anyway, back to the movie. In the harem room, Miller watches a dancer and starts making eyes at her. A cop spots the stolen Ferrari outside and calls it in. Mm. Quap. 
a cop, and then uh, Beck's phone rings. He's on his way. He wakes up Gallagher, who's sleeping in the guest room, brings in some Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, I was like, is this a thing? So would like out-of-town cops be like partnered with a cop and then they he got, stay at the- He, he got, got drunk, drunk four beers yeah. and then they, cr- they, they crashed him. I assume he got drunk missing, of one. What is- Yeah, so did I, but it's four because in the screenplay, they have to carry him upstairs and <laughs> put him into the- Beck and his wife oh, carry him should, upstairs and put him into been, the bed. That should have been And in she's there. like, how did he get hammered off the four- Four beers. Yeah. So, which is not I a mean, movie. I mean, how did he get hammered after one from our perspective? Yeah. So, should have been in there. Gallagher yeah. bites the tablet. Yeah. <laughs> and then back has to explain it goes in the water and you drink it, which pays off again in a second. Yeah. And this, yeah, that is a good bit. Stay away from alcohol, my friend. Yeah. Miller barges in on the dancer in the dressing room and grabs her. The cops have the place surrounded. I think are they wait. They're waiting on Beck. I think I don't. Yeah. They don't want to. They don't want to burst in because they don't. Yeah. There's obviously a very dangerous man anyway, in there. They let her. They let her. The stripper leave with her massive duffel bag. <laughs> yeah. Don't question it at all. Yeah. Because it's in her now. This is Claudia Christian as Brenda Lee Van Buren, most well known for Babylon Five. Mm. I I didn't know her, but. She, her dance was very hot. Looking respectfully, they did a great job there because it was kind of tasteful. Also, like, sexy, you know? They hear a scream from inside and the cops then rush in. Brenda heads to the Ferrari. There's some bystanders, drunken bystanders heckling her uh, because of how she's dressed. But the cops are also like, hey, girl, don't, don't yeah, touch that Ferrari. Yeah, the cops stay away from the Ferrari. So she and she's, like, tossing up whether or not to just jump yeah. back in. But then the drunk bystander tells her he's got a great car just parked around the corner. So she goes with him. <laughs> but he's wearing, he's wearing, like, a Porsche jacket or something like that, I, I realized. And I was like, oh, is this going to be another dope car? And it is not. And it is not. not yeah. <laughs> Beck and Willis checking out Miller's body. It looks like he bled to death because he did. Yeah. A beat cop brings Gallagher so aspirin. Beck thought he might need it and he dumps the aspirin into the water. Yeah. It's just very nice. And then in the back of the next one, he's like trying to tap it out from the bottom of the glass. That's a good bit. That's what I'm saying. This movie's a great time. There's there's gold in there. There's gold. Brenda fucks and kills the drunk in his car and then Mm. takes it after checking out its new breasts. I wanted yeah. <laughs> that was weird. He was very keen. But oh, like, oh, uh, if I'm swapping bodies, I'd be doing that for a minute. Uh, I wanted to know, did you fuck then kill him? Or did you Fucking kill. Fucking kill. I'm pretty like, sure it's both. It, it How they describe the it is he is fucked to death. So, I yeah. mean, not a bad way yeah. to go. Beck. What is it, Death by Snoo Snoo? <laughs> death by Snoo Snoo. You want die like last men visit Amazonia? What'd they die of? Crushed pelvises. Yes! Oh, thank you, Lord in heaven. I would feel like there's a lot of friction there if you fuck to death. Beck talks to another dancer about Miller. Gallagher Gallagher tells him they have to look for Brenda now. She's in on it too. (laughs) Willis then comes in. They've got another fucking stiff in the parking lot. In a span of 12 hours, I've got five bodies. Not counting Miller, who dies because he runs out of blood. A stripper screws some guy to death, steals his car, and takes off. All of this in 12 hours. I want to ask you, am I crazy? Or does this seem just a little bizarre? Yeah, it's a little bizarre. I knew that. I just wanted to know if you knew that. That's some good dialogue. Patrol car spots Brenda speeding and gives chase. She stops in the street and gets out of the car, touching herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uses a pump shotgun to blast up their car before taking off. Was that a pump shotgun? I thought it was an automatic shotgun. It, it was like a heavy It's like shotgun. a more modern, yeah. it's like a modern pump 
auto. Oh, yeah. with, the, with the like the the it, lever, the, not the, the not the pump action down the bottom. The, it yeah. actually has a pump handle under. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's not a not a slide. It's a, yeah. like an actual. So she pumps the handle backwards, yeah. and, backwards and forwards. Which like I don't know if those guns exist, but they've been it, used in several movies. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a real thing. Beck and Gallagher follow the path of destruction to find her. She fires at them, and this is this is totally my shit. This is L.A. Car chase at night. Yeah, this yeah. car chase was straight. This car chase was solid. Yeah, yeah. Beck- it was short though. Yeah, yeah. It's I wanted it to though. be like a long one at the start again. Uh, Beck fires back. They're expensive. Yeah, true. Gallagher suggests that he aim for the tires. He yeah. is. Why don't you try? So he does hold the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Brenda crashes through the storefront of a mannequin warehouse. <laughs> no, he, she crashes through a clothing shop that no, turns into a mannequin. It's a mannequin warehouse. Mm. In the screenplay, she crashes through the storefront of a mannequin warehouse. I'm okay. sure you have clothes on the mannequins in a mannequin warehouse. Yeah, you do. At yeah. the do front. you have a shop front of a mannequin warehouse? To sell mannequins. How are you yes. going to sell mannequins, man? <laughs> Fuck you guys. You have a front office and showroom. I, I 100% think So like, that when vendors come, they can look at the mannequins and say clothes on the mannequins. I'm sure you in want the mannequin to be nice. does though. it say mannequin warehouse? Yes, that's where I got the word like mannequin my, warehouse In from. my mind, it was a st- storefront and then they've- Gone into the back into of it. Gone into a mannequin. Where they yeah. have- No they clothes, just all the mannequins. mannequins. <laughs> and I was like, there's a lot of mannequins for this shop front. Well, I hate to debunk you. In the screenplay- it is a mannequin warehouse. Who decides, who decides on a mannequin warehouse in this thing? Do, do you think this is a, a chicken and the egg situation where they go, what locations do we have? Well, we've got to make a mannequin warehouse. Well, I think that as a director, you make that choice because yeah. they're all, it's em- a body they're all empty movie. bodies. Yeah. 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 Beck and Gallagher move in, weapons drawn. I love their exchange about Beck uh, covering Gallagher. I'll cover you. I'd be safer if you didn't. Fine, I won't cover you. All right, cover me. You want me to fucking cover you or not? I need you to cover me. Fine, I'll cover you. Brenda gets the drop on them with the Which shotgun. Which he was right as well. Yeah. Brenda gets the drop on them with the shotgun. They exchange a lot of fire. Those poor mannequins were only five days away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> they chase her up. Is, as- is that a you comment? Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry, you this out before. That was, that was good. I like it. I love in these gunfights how it just tanks bullets. <laughs> yeah. And how it's noticed. Yeah, 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 totally. They chase her up a stairwell uh, because she's following the trail of blood because she's bleeding. We have to get her before she dies. Why don't we get her after she's dead? Yeah. <laughs> On the roof, they split up and search. She jumps out and fires a machine gun. Where Beck, was she hiding? Beck is hit <laughs> behind a vent. <laughs> yeah, right. Behind a very large vent. Yeah. Beck is hit and falls over the ledge of the roof, barely holding onto the building. Brenda's about to blast him when Gallagher fires two holes into its chest. He rescues Beck and keeps firing. I don't know where she disappears. Yeah, the so, space in this scene little, is off. It's a little, yeah, it's a little off. Also, yeah. throughout this whole movie, there's like just wide, wide misses of gunfire where like they're meant to be like 10 metres away and they're like missing each other. Yeah, it's this kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he rescues Beck and keeps firing at Brenda who will not go down. He pulls a strange weapon. In the script, it's a palm-sized weapon. It looks like a pistol, but it's all one piece and shiny silver smooth like no pistol we've ever seen. It's kind of like the cricket from Men in Black. Okay, cool. Good. <laughs> it's a good movie. Watch it. No. <laughs> Brenda tells him it isn't over. You think it's over now. You're wrong. I'm not coming 
Ouch, yeah. I'll kill you first. She jumps off the roof, swan diving through a neon sign, eating pavement. This is a fantastic piece of stunt work. Just collects that. You do one. see the blanket covering the crash mat when she hits the ground. You don't see the hit. No, you don't see the hit, but when she hits the ground, like out of shot, you do see a little flick up of the. So, of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Of the frame. yeah. I didn't even spot that. So, same go. as the guy who falls into the car. I didn't see that. <laughs> at, the, at the beginning, the one I mentioned. I didn't see that. <laughs> you did. Shit. It's just it's the guy who's driving the car. Obviously, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just yeah, like, yeah. the car bumps over and the guy just goes straight in the <laughs> shot. Now keep it. Masterson shows up. He has his dog with him for reasons. <laughs> well, yeah, it's he late got at called night. late at night. He was yeah. on call, and so he brought his dog with him. I don't know. Maybe his wife's out of town. I thought, <laughs> it, was a pl- I thought it was a police dog or something. It is not. The, dog's name, the dog's name is Roy. Roy gets to the body first. Brenda Dying grabs Roy, and well, poor dog. Don't yep. do don't do a dog like this, man. Oh, yeah, cares. whatever. <laughs> Uh, you're both dog, both dog owners. Yeah. Okay. I have no problem. Like people are like, "Oh no, they killed the dog." I'm like, "Fuck the dog! It's a fucking movie. They didn't kill a real dog." What if they? What if they did it to a cat? It's the same thing. Yeah. One yeah. of my favorite guys. One of my favorite pieces of of just random violence in a movie is when Peter Stormare kicks a cat into like a fucking blender in the Brothers Grimm. It's like the fucking <laughs> yeah, funniest thing funny. that's ever ha- It's like this medieval blender thing. It's yeah. the funniest fucking thing that I've ever seen in my life. Gallagher bolts to the body, uh, finding her dead, checks Willis, who was there, asking who touched her. The coroner ends up taking the body away. Hey, look, it's none of my business, but the lady had about 15 bullet holes in her. You guys like making my job miserable, huh, Beck? In real no, life, no there was one mentions probably that like, they're just blowing people away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. In real life, there would have been like an investigation about like why well, they have force to kill us. So yeah. They wouldn't still be on the case. Like yeah. you go yeah. to like a, sh- you know, you get stood down and you go to like the shooting commission to make sure that you shot <laughs> yeah. somebody. But this is a movie. Yeah. Did you register all the bullets that you used? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Beck knows that it isn't over. Yeah. <laughs> he wants an explanation. An explanation isn't going to help. <laughs> but what he's after it is- It would, st- though. No, I don't think it does. <laughs> no, he's right, after it doesn't. Still out he there. gets one. Uh, and he doesn't know where to start. Beck orders Willis to arrest Gallagher because he's had enough. He wants yeah. an explanation. Back Turns at, out to be the right call. Yeah. Mm. Back at Homicide, Beck- Swallows some aspirin for his gunshot wound and calls home. <laughs> just walking off. I, I, I don't think aspirin's a good thing in this. Uh, no, it thins your blood, doesn't it? Yeah, it thins your blood. <laughs> You'll bleed more. Eh, that's all he needs. <laughs> you need a clotting agent. <laughs> yeah. Possibly a yeah. hospital. Yeah. Willis shows him the silver FBI toy, the pistol. Bram comes over and tells Beck that Gallagher was killed in a forest fire a month ago hunting. Yeah. And so was his partner, Stone, whose body was never found. So do we think that the alien mistook which one was which? Yes. Ah. So Bram hands back a photo of Stone, who is claiming to be Gallagher. They died in a forest fire. They died in the, in the crash of the alien ship. Oh, that makes sense. Right. So mm. they've crashed. He's crashed to Earth, caused a forest fire found a body, gone into it, and assumed it was Gallagher for some reason. We don't know why. Well, he's probably grabbed one and then thought having the FBI is probably better. 
who knows? Yeah. Anyway, at the Masterson house, Roy is checking out himself in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. He, the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Roy's looking at himself I, in the mirror. I totally missed these mirror shots. Yeah, I didn't realise it was a yeah. through thing. It's totally a through thing. Mm. He ends up attacking Masterson. I love how the dog just went through he the door. Yeah, through the right? <laughs> Thought he was going to like creep up while he was asleep and like yeah. there would be this like gory like from dog to human pass. Uh. Back at Homicide, Beck has Gallagher brought in in cuffs into the bullpen and he wants to find out who he really is. Why don't you tell me who you are and what you're doing here? Please don't ask me that. Give me that. I have had it with you. What do you think this is? Some kind of a game? You think you can waltz into this town, turn my department upside down, endanger the lives of my men? I am tired of you jerking me around. I want answers. I want to know why it takes 15 shots to take down some zoned-out stripper. I want to know why three law-abiding citizens all of a sudden go crazy and start killing people. I want answers, and I want them now. Miller, stripper, the Vries were the same. And it's not human. Excuse me. I've been after it for a long time. Now it's here, on Earth, in your city. We're talking spacemen here. Beck's response is, we're talking spacemen here, right? Why is it that always, like, Not the cops who, like, are disbelieving people call them spacemen instead of aliens? I Have you know. noticed that? Yeah. It's like a almost a yokel response kind of thing. Are you talking spaceman? Can you do that voice for the rest of the pod? <laughs> Good. You want me to? <laughs> so my thoughts about this kind of movie. <laughs> Try to do the whistles on my S's. No. <laughs> it's my prospecting boss. <laughs> Gallagher keeps explaining. Bad pod. <laughs> Delirium. Real bad, pod. Real bad pod. <laughs> Just retcon this one. Oh, yeah. fuck. Gallagher explains. The way it works is it finds a body, gets inside, uses it to move around. Stays in that body until the body is so damaged it has to find another body. That's the only time I can kill it when it's between bodies. I missed my chance when it came out of the stripper. It found another body and changed before I got there. So now we don't know who the spaceman is. But I don't have to look for it anymore. It knows I'm here. It'll come after me. Can't he just destroy the whole body? But it doesn't kill the insect. Yeah, but like, yeah, okay. I mean, like, chuck it in a volcano. You know what I mean? The bug will still crawl out. Yeah, okay. Then the volcano will kill it, but it's fine while it's in the body. Yeah, right. For some for reasons. Yeah. Whatever. Plot. Where's there a volcano in LA? I don't know. He's an alien. It's, he's not, can, it's not he bloody... Can, uh, underneath the La Brea Tar Pits, according to the movie Volcano. <laughs> <from last time. laughs> exactly. I was, I, was trying to, I was trying to think whether it was deep impact or back to a volcano. I was like, which one is it? <laughs> La Brea Tar Pits. Yeah. La Brea means Tar Pits. Tar Pits, Tar Pits. <laughs> Why do you know these things? Because my brain's broken. That's <laughs> so, why we're all friends. <laughs> what's interesting is that this scene is in the screenplay, but it has completely different dialogue oh. yeah. than what's shot. The explanation is, is slightly different. What that kind of tells me is that they were reworking the exposition delivery as mm. they were shooting, like figuring out when to reveal what and what, what information needs right. to go where. The explanation in the screenplay is it's an organism for another solar system. It's been moving around a lot and it just happened to land on Earth. It's hiding here in human bodies. It moves from one to the next whenever the body wears out. It's still alive and I'm the only one that can kill it. This organism can only exist inside someone or a native to the planet it's on. I do love where 
I do love that there's no greater explanation than that. Mm. Yeah. And there's no like dealing with the tech. There's not none of that. It's just okay. this is the scenario that we're dealing with. This is how it moves, and that's all you need to know. I'm gonna at the end I'm gonna talk more about more about that. Okay. The script also tips its hand way earlier mm. with some clunker lo- lines of dialogue. Okay. Like Beck responds to Gallagher with with a line of dialogue earlier on the script is like what planet are you from? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they okay. clearly worked, like they also worked it during production. It feels like an actor turns around and goes, why would I fucking say that line? That line's too on the nose. Yeah. Can we do something yeah. else? Yeah. There's lots of little subtle changes because what I often do when I read the screenplay of a movie that we're doing is that I will I will literally just copy and paste dialogue so that I can read it out because when we're going to cut it in. Sure. Right? And when I was doing it this time, I was noticing that I would have to go back and listen to the movie again because the dialogue was, was not what was in the screenplay. There yeah, just subtle of, changes. Lots of little changes. Whether a word was left out or two pieces of information were in a different, slightly different order. Yeah. All of that feels like... And because this is the shooting script, all of that feels like that's clearly stuff that happened while they were shooting between Jack Shoulder and the actors as they're working out a scene. Do you reckon it's because they were like, oh, this is clunky dialogue or do you reckon it was like oh we're being too heavy handed I think it's too it's a little bit about being too heavy handed but also a, a movie like this is as I said it's the it's when do you reveal what like yeah. the balance it is feels like the, they weren't really caring about revealing things too much do, do you need more of an explanation or less of an explanation when do we let the audience in on something and all of that stuff can sometimes change through through production my ideal version of this movie getting the fact that the baddie is an alien later mm-hmm. and getting mm-hmm. the reveal that the the FBI Gallagher. agent yeah. isn't just a stiff FBI agent, but an actual another alien towards the very I end. I agree, but then you have to lose a lot of the... Weirdness we- the interaction. Well, not just but weirdness. But you can have not, the not just stiffness of the FBI suit, yeah, you, you know? Can. Yeah, the but G-Man. Not, yeah. Not, yeah. not just weirdness and... and um, of the and pills stuff. and stuff. And but yeah, yeah the... The bits. The you're funny losing, you're losing all the bits. Yeah. yeah. There which, you are. Which I think is- It would be a more straight-faced kind of movie. I, I, I do wonder whether you think it doesn't feel as successful because it's trying to toe both those lines and it's not doing them both as yeah, well. Or I they think should so. lean more in one direction I than the I other. I think I saw this as a straighter-faced movie and I've kind of dismissed a lot of the comedy of it. Yeah. The, the movie. Yeah. I, the movie's not a comedy, but the movie is very funny. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of, this is That's my thing, is that is it? Well, I think you need to watch it again mm. because I think it is a movie where there's like way more going on in the performances in the screenplay than is all... It, it's a movie that is very surface. It, yeah. Like, I fully admit it is a movie that is very surface surface it is i was going to use this later it's high concept low execution mm. which is yeah. that you're making a science fiction, science fiction movie where you don't actually have to do a lot of science fiction work to make it a science fiction movie you mostly just yeah. talk about the science fiction of it right and so it feels very surface but there is actually heaps more going on in terms of the performances and the subtlety and the, and the comedy like this mm. movie knows that it's a thrill time it's a good time it's a thrill ride movie for 1987 now it's doing a thrill ride movie on a much lower budget yeah yeah that's what it is as well there's the big climactic beats that i'm probably more used to in a movie like this are a little bit 
they didn't have the budget to be as big as. Oh, but it's good. I feel like they got a lot of value out of it. Yeah, yeah they did. There's some chases, really good bits. Some great there. shootouts were yeah, really yeah. good. And that's a lot what of thing good is like, squib work. There's a lot of like really good stuff in the good yeah. stuff in this movie. This is one of the reasons that it's culty and people come come back to it. I'm yeah, telling you, fucking rent this movie. There's some texture to this movie that I think I've missed, but I still I still I still have my feelings about I it. I just don't know whether yeah. they tow both those lines successfully. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Gallagher doesn't know who it is anymore, but that doesn't matter because it knows that Gallagher's here and then therefore will come for him. Wrong move on that guy's behalf. Like, just let it be. <laughs> just fucking lose the cop because if he, if he loses you, he loses you, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and then it's a different movie. Yeah, true. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. So Gallagher needs, Gallagher needs his weapon to kill it. We find out that Gallagher's been hunting it for nine years. Mm. Our time. Yeah. Not his time. Beck thinks he's nuts and they lock him back in his cell. Beck ends up going home and the next day, Masterson, who is now it, who was not meant to be there today, <laughs> runs into Flynn and some of Senator Holt's entourage, including his assistant, Carol. Carol is played by Lynn Shea. She's the sister of head of New Line, Bob Shea, oh, okay. but also an actress. She shows up in tons of New Line movies. She's in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. She's in Critters. She's in Pump Up the Volume as a parent at the PTA meeting. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then she's in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. James okay. Wan cast her as Elise Rainier in Insidious. So she's in all the Insidious movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are all the Insidious movies good? Because the first one slapped. I've only seen the first one. Yeah, the first one fucking slapped. I feel like the first one slaps until the end. I feel like it fell apart for me at the very end. Mm. The end is like when they're they go, going under they the go, house? No, they go into the they go into the the upside down or whatever the fuck they call it. The yeah. Other, the other, whatever the fuck they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it lost me there. Yeah, okay. I get it confused. But it's a nice poltergeist. Memory. It's a most yeah. poltergeist riff. Like the opening scare sequence with the little boy, the, with the opening scare sequence and then when they move into the new house and there's the there's a long like steady cam scare thing. Like yep. S- yep. suspense stuff. Oh, I love all that stuff. And then the movie just goes too far for me at the at the end. And yeah, I'm but it has it. to ramp up. Anyway, we're it, talking about another movie. And I, and I never saw any of the sequels. Yeah. Anyway. She's also in the the Ouija movie. <laughs> yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah. But she is also in the Ouija sequel. The Ouija sequel is directed by Mike Flanagan. Okay. Directed Hill House, Midnight Mass. Oh, hectic. Doctor Sleep. Yeah. And the sequel is amazing. Watch the first movie, sit through it. It's only like 85 minutes. It's bad, but I it's worth need to watching. You get to Midnight Mass, hey? You do. Oh, yeah. Adam finally got to it. Yeah. Woo. Flynn wants to know where Holt's speech is for reasons. Yeah. You can practice it. In the <laughs> in the evidence locker, a clerk wearing a lab coat fires the silver weapon blowing up a wall and causing chaos. <laughs> yeah. In the script it is yeah. a it is a firing range. Like he's a ah. lab technician, it's a firing range, and they clearly couldn't build a firing range. Mm. So they just I love how you've pick up a clearly like foreign piece of technology, you put it in your hand and you just hear whirring up. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like hmm. hmm, let me hold this for longer. Oh, there's a beam shooting out. Oh, let me just hold this yeah. and see what happens. Flynn takes advantage of the chaos, retrieves the weapon as well as some more conventional weapons. I, f- I feel like a lot of the cops in this 
are a bit like the cops in uh, Tromeo and Juliet and should just all be eating so many more silence. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, only there's a couple who are competent and the rest are just <laughs> terrible. Yeah. But that's every that's yeah. every cop precinct in yeah. a movie. Yeah. yeah. And so, I love how he like stuffs the alien weapon in his belt like it's a normal gun <laughs> yep. too. That's so good. Yeah. That's a good beat. So we've come to the the, the cop shop shootout. Oh yeah. This which is a is, fucking messy shootout and don't oh, tell me yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. super messy. Yeah. I love it. It's fantastic. Super messy what though. Remember messy. Uh, it's no, just all over the, the place. The, the blocking. You know? I, I yeah. had a problem with one of the blocking parts. Oh, and the way it's moving, you never know where it's going kind of thing. Uh, the special the way. People. This is 100% ripped it's off from the Terminator. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He threatens, I mean, this movie is the Terminator. Yeah, yeah. This movie yeah. is the Terminator with- But body snatches. But with aliens. Yeah. yeah. He threatens Beck at gunpoint. Lieutenant, what's going on around here? Where's the other one? The one you were with. Boy, I like to know I want to talk to him. What is this? You don't listen. I already shot you once. I can hardly wait to do it again. Now, let's go. Patrol cop wants to know what's going on, and Flynn just shoots him. Yeah. You recognize that patrol cop? No. You should recognize that patrol cop. That patrol cop the is the first cop that gets shot. Yep. No. That is Branscombe Richmond. That is Benitez from the Taking of Beverly Hills. Oh, heck, stuntman and actor. This is the third movie that we've seen him in. Oh my god! Yep, I recently also found out because I've been I've been watching Muscles and Mayhem, the unauthorized Gladiators, yeah. uh, American Gladiators doco. Yeah, oh, that's on Netflix. Yeah, it's really good. I loved Gladiators. You, well, yeah, anyway, fun. Yeah. Benitez was the one of the uh, like production coordinators and developed the games for the pilot episode of American Real American Gladiators, Mad. which I did not know. He was then, which was also a disaster and then, <laughs> and then he never worked on any of the rest of it. But he's in that doco <laughs> for like five seconds and he looks amazing. He's got like that, he's got like a beard and long hair and he's gone kind of silver and he's like, he's like, Silver Fox. Yeah, like actually like, I was like, holy shit, Brody would be into that. <laughs> <laughs> True. Anyway, Willis and Sanchez follow. Beck makes a move, steals the silver weapon, and Willis and Sanchez gun Flynn down, but he's not dead, and then he kills Sanchez. Beck bolts, takes the gun off another cop in a stairwell, demands the, the gun off him, tells him at to go point, get a shotgun and seal off the stairwell. At this point, like, the cops would assume that Beck is the rogue agent, right? Not necessarily. Like, because if you haven't seen the lieutenant gun down that cop and you're just coming from another part of the building and Beck runs through, is like pulling guns from people and shit. Well, he threatens a patrol cop and, yeah. and takes his weapon and then tells him to lock down the stairwell. But also it's chaos. There's like, all of yeah. a sudden there's gunshots in a, pl- in a like everyone's running around. Oh, yeah, true. Nobody really knows what's going on. But yeah, my assumption is like, don't let anyone take my gun because yeah. they might be the rogue element, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Okay. That might have been smart, but it didn't happen. Smart. Beck <laughs> screams at the jailer to let him in. The jailer won't open it. So, so you'd assume he's, he's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A guy in a cell calls out, what's going on? And it's my man. It's Danny fucking Trejo. Danny fucking Trejo, the greatest person <laughs> ever lived. Sure. Yeah. He has, he's a fucking uh, wild man. He's a fantastic In and out man. of movies. Yeah. Beck runs and talks to Gallagher. So I'm Masterson, dumb two cops. He took six hits at point-blank range, and he's not going down. Is Masterson... Is he dead? The real Masterson? Yeah. He gives him his weapon. You're going to need this. They get into a shootout with Masterson. They're in the cell, who's throwing grenades and kind of killing everything, anybody that This moves. is a great bit. Yeah. 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 Masterson calls out. Al Hawk! Yes. 
Before I kill you, I'm curious. How did you find me? You left an angry partner for dead on Altair. A mistake. That's what it said. Mm, so that's good, good fun. Masterson mm. wants to team up and take over this place with, yeah. <laughs> with Gallagher. Denny Trejo asks, Yo, hippie, what kind of dude are you? Masterson blows him away by Denny Trejo. All the fucking <laughs> hollering from the, from the cells is fucking yeah. great. Mm. That dude's a spaceman. <laughs> I love, and then, so that's, but that's what that one sounded like. <laughs> There is a that. That's, yeah. Well, that's after that's this. That's after, after yeah, this. But yeah, so they're in the cell trying to like hide from Masterson mm. and then Masterson just pops around the corner with a Bye. rocket launcher. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Beck pops him in the skull. He spins and fires with the rocket blowing out a wall. You can Where the fuck did he get a rocket launcher? Well, it was in from, the, yeah, the weapons from the, locker. Yeah. <laughs> the, this is the same play room the flamethrower's from. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not a cops would have that. Did yeah. they get that off another homeboy? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. 80s was a wild time. It was. Yeah. So when the hallway blows up, you can see that it is just set flats skinned mm. with plywood. I you can love see that. the wood, the wooden frame underneath. Because <laughs> this that. whole uh, jail is a, is a set build. Yeah. Master's body is gone, but there's a trail of blood. Beck asks Gallagher why he didn't use that thing. Gallagher fires the space pistol yeah. at Beck and it doesn't do anything. Wrong composition. It doesn't work on human flesh. Only concrete and aliens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because reasons. Here comes my favorite shot of the movie. You probably didn't even spot it. Gallagher walks away. Beck is following him and we track back with them until Beck and Gallagher are, are walking side by side together. Yeah. Because this is the moment that they became they become partners. Yeah. This is the moment that, that Beck is in on it. Following the blood trail, they find Masterson's body and Brem. It's moved. Yeah, he's getting quicker with these moves. Across town, Sander Holt arrives at the Park Plaza. This is actually the Biltmore Hotel in downtown LA. And yes, I knew that just from seeing it. Yeah, fucking We've hell. seen it before. We saw it in Alien Nation. Yeah, I thought this felt familiar. Yeah. It shows up in so many movies. It's in... It's where the prom happens in 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, shit. It's in Beverly Hills Cop. It's in Chinatown. It's in Cruel Intentions. The game, David Fincher's The Game. It's mm. in Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Oh my God. Yes. I'm very, all of these movies. It's the hotel from Go the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's is iconic. LA and not New York. The inside, oh. the inside is LA. The outside is New York. Uh huh. That movie is actually mostly not shot in New York. Interesting. Couldn't tell. Independence Day. All the street stuff would have to be, right? Yeah. yeah all the external yeah. stuff. And then they shoot all the inside stuff in, back in LA. Right. Because there's no sound stages in New York. Well, there's little because there's. They're too big. It's also uh -huh. more expensive to shoot in New York than it is uh -huh. in LA. Interesting. John Carpenter's They Live. Uh, they I used don't the know if I've they seen used, it. They used the ballroom. Mm. Yep. They Live. Which one's that? You'll see it. Don't worry about okay, it. Okay, good. True Lies. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. And Rocky Three. Fuck, that's a good movie. Also, a very early Mandy Moore music video. <laughs> Yeah. Which I remember for some reason. Yeah, from <laughs> <Mary Rickenton. laughs> Big fan. Willis is there for the security detail mm. that he was assigned to by Flynn. <laughs> Beck gets a call that Willis has been spotted because they have figured out that it's probably Willis and they rush over. They call a code red for the senator. Willis just starts shooting. Mm. They move the senator into a storeroom to try to keep him safe, yeah. secure position. I love the call throughout all this ruckus. It's like, it could be an assassin, but we don't know. It's like, who's calling him an assassin? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to kill a senator, you're assassinating him. Yeah, I mean, Well, yeah. they thought he was trying to, they don't know that the alien's just trying to get in him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Willis gets peppered with Uzi fire by the Secret Service because Why? it's they the have Uzi. Because it's the 1980s. <laughs> but he doesn't stop. Beck and Gallagher catch up with him in a kitchen and exchange fire. Beck runs out of bullets while he's out of cover. Why is he out of cover? There's a lot of standing. One thing I will say about the gunfights in this movie, there's a lot of just standing still and mm-hmm. shooting in yeah. the general direction of your ba- of, of the bad guy. Blocking throughout this movie is a little awkward at times. So Beck takes one in the gut. Willis kills everyone in the way to get to the senator. Yeah. And Carol watches from a closet as Holt's body is taken by Willis. Carol knows... Well, I think he then kills Carol because we never see Carol again. Yeah. Carol walks out with him. Oh, that's right. Carol yeah. walks out with him. And oh, yeah, you're right. No, she's at the they end. They make a specific oh, point yeah. to show her looking yeah, through so the shutters. Yeah, so she sh- knows. So Carol, Carol knows. This is why it's super weird. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right there. Mm. Gallagher. Curious. Carol's got some questionable morals. Okay. <laughs> Gallagher gets there too late as the senator is escorted out, surrounded by armed men. Beck ask Gallagher if they got him as he's wheeled away into an ambulance and Gallagher lies. Yeah, we got him. Yeah, that's mad. At a press conference about the shooting, a reporter asks Senator Holt if he still intends to run for president. Senator, do you still intend to run for president? The senator will discuss his campaign plans after he has had adequate time to fully reflect on the situation. I want to be president. What's that, Senator? I want want to be president. I want to be president. Yeah. (laughs) I will just say, because I didn't enjoy it very much, my first watch through, like I admit there's really good parts and I don't hate this movie, but this was the point where I like looked at the time. Anyway, I checked how much there There was was to to go. go. Yeah, I was like, how is there still half an hour to go in this movie? There is still half an hour to go. And we have had. No, there isn't. No. There's trailers after the movie. Oh, right. That's There's right. There's 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes left in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Still, they could have ended it there. No, this is fantastic. I wouldn't have minded actually. Uh, well, if they were going for a sequel, which they did. True. You end out of the, you end out at the, uh, what is I the want se- to be president. What is the sequel about? Uh, it's yeah. similar to the Alienation sequel where it's just mm. not really interesting. Yeah, and right, it expands okay. the world in a way. It gives explanation to things that you're like, you don't why need the it. fuck did yeah. we do that? Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Okay. So the crowd cheers. Gallagher, <laughs> Gallagher enters the room with a bag. Security asks him what's in it, and he just barges through them, making a run for Holt yeah. and just taking shots. Pulls the flamethrower out. Security equipment. <laughs> yeah, pulls the flamethrower out and blasts Holt with it. It crawls out of Holt's mouth, mm. and then he hits it with the silver space weapon. It explodes, and Gallagher collapses. This guy has just single-handedly broke so many people's brains. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beck is in bad shape in the hospital. It's clear to Mrs. Beck that he isn't going to make it. She talks to Juliet in the hallway. Mommy, is Daddy going to be alright? You know, your daddy loves you very much. He is not going to be alright, oh, mm. but he is kind of going to be okay. But also, how is Gallagher able to move freely around the hospital? Well, the bug, like he's a bug crawled out of the man that he killed. So uh, there's oh, an explanation. Oh, right, yeah, he's fine. No, there should probably be security on his, <laughs> on his hospital. Right, because that's what I was assuming. I was like, do they think he's an assassin or not? No, I, I, the movie 
makes a hand couple waves of that completely shit. doesn't, doesn't even deal yeah, with don't it. Don't worry yeah. about it. Don't think about it too much. So Galga watches from the doorway of his hospital room. As they leave, he sneaks into Beck's room. And as Beck is dying, he transfers himself as a beam of golden light into Beck's body. I thought they were the same, like, race. No, I was, they're the different races. I they're was, like, races. sitting there yeah. going, oh, is he about the black slime bug into <laughs> yeah. him? Because there's something about, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that body horror of, like, a good version happening, and yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. oh, I'm kind of okay with this, but I'm not okay yeah. with this. Yeah. Beck makes a remarkable recovery yeah. and mm. wakes up, kisses him, and reaches out to take Juliet's hand. She's... Not quite sure about that. And the movie fades to black. Yeah. And then that is the hidden. So Question about the morals of him <laughs> taking over. Well, we, yeah. we end with a future cop, uh, Frank Jack Death situation. Yeah. <laughs> Which mm. apparently is more common than you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, people just live in their lives in other people's bodies. Yeah. Yep. Also, why did the bug want to be president? I, to control the world, I think. Yeah, I think that... Like, it's weird motives. His motives are small. It's it's minute. It's immediate needs, it's chaos. Yeah. And then it's like... Thank ah, you. I'd like to take over the world it's and not cause chaos everywhere. It's not yeah. articulated. Yeah. But, but if he's president, I, I think that from its point of view, mm-hmm. if it's president, it can do whatever it wants and yeah. nobody's going to get in its way. Gotcha. And so it's not necessarily about being president. Mm-hmm. It's just about being able to do what you want and not have anybody fuck with you. Is this Presented the first iteration of Trump? Yeah. <laughs> it is a little bit. Yeah. Can, I, can I say that would have been better if there wasn't the ground laid for it early on when he was watching the senator. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he, if he was but just presented with the, the option mm-hmm. and goes, Oh, that's a that's a way out. You know what I mean? That yeah. would have been more. I mean, we're talking about the motivations of a fucking space bug. Uh, anyway, memberous space bug. Yeah. Trailers after the movie, big again. Big again. <laughs> it was the biggest movie of the year on VHS for a reason because we got advertised it constantly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, not really. It, it is interesting that each of these because there's fucking four of these. Yeah. It, it is interesting that that. All are different pieces of the pieces of the movie. All kind basically of basically watching the whole movie, but they're all kind yeah. of aimed slightly differently. One yeah. of them's more comedy, one of them's more drama, one of them's more mystery. So it is yeah. interesting flavors of trailers. Yeah, uh, the big blue between what you know. Don't think of Zach as a human being. He's from another world. How is he going to breathe? He isn't. And what you wish it scares me when you look at the sea like that. Lies the secret of the big blue. I've got to go and see. There's nothing to see. From director Luc Besson comes an epic story of love, passion, and comradeship, and one man's struggle to unlock the mystery of the big blue. Uh, French free diver pushing himself to the to the limits. Oh yeah, it's an early Luc Besson movie, so it looked okay. Fifth Element, yep. and, yeah, and uh, Leon the Professional. This movie has like a quiet kind of magical quality. It's based on a true story. Okay, I saw the trailer for this a lot as a kid like this is a trailer that was on lots of movies mm. that I watched and I finally saw the movie when I was I think I must have been in my 20s I'm pretty sure it was when it came to DVD Good. the video store yeah really kind I mean of Luc Besson really well, yeah I mean it's hit and miss but yeah I have complicated feelings about Luc Besson mm. okay yeah which I'm not going to get into okay sure yeah. that's a whole nother pod Friday Night Part 2 again more yeah. plot and more gore in this trailer but the same thing and then a little bit of a tone shift yeah. The unbearable lightness of being. This seemed kind of really fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So early Daniel Day-Lewis with Juliette uh, Binoche. 
directed by Philip Kaufman, who directed uh, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers in yeah. the nineteen seventies. Seemed yeah. pretty. Did seemed Kaufman like a pretty do good the movie. Body Snatchers. Yeah, Philip Kaufman. That that movie. That movie rules. Freaked me out as a kid. Yeah, that movie. I don't know if I ever actually watched it. Donald, off me. Donald Sutherland. I, I, I had nightmares from that movie for years. Rings a bell. That's great. Like yeah. the visuals of it really ring a bell. I can't remember. So is is that the one where it ends with the guy screaming? The- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil oh. <laughs> But yeah, this looked like a quality film. I'm not really into this kind of film, but yeah, me either. It's Daniel Day Lewis. I kind of. I, I like, like him. I, I like him. Super romance heavy M's. Just like, I appreciate him, but like... Yeah. The blue iguana. This shit looked fucking dope. The name's Holloway. Vince Holloway. Recovery specialist. For 20 million bucks, I'd go a long way. Even to Diablo. The warmth. The hospitality. That's the crap. We're fucked. My kind of town, my kind of people, <laughs> Reno, and his nice bunch of friends, Cora, party's over boys, Bake me. and her full service bank, I'll myself. Dakota, she ran the Blue Iguana, and every man in it, don't even think about her again. But business is business. We should make a deal. What kind of deal? Cars offer me 20%. You'd do better when the money's yours. But I don't share my money with anybody. Not unless I have to. You have to. I could almost taste that 20 million. But I was up against the best. I told you to rent the Suzuki Samurai. All I had to do was stay alive long enough. What are you trying to do? Kill me? To collect. If I make it, I'm checking out of this town. If not, bury me under the blue iguana. This is another trailer that I saw like hundreds upon hundreds of times as a child and was obsessed with the idea of seeing this movie and I've yeah. never seen it. I really yeah. want to see it. Yeah. If so, I don't make it out of this town, bury me under the blue, blue, blue iguana, iguana, I'm yeah. fucking down. It's a Mexican noir comedy about a bounty hunter and a nightclub with Dylan McDermott from the 90s TV show The Practice. <laughs> Right. Is that where I know him yeah. from? The He's practice. Yeah. I don't even think I've watched law, it that the much. The law show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but I remember Le- him. Isn't Boston Legal in the same universe? Uh, uh, possibly. That's good. Yeah, maybe. I'm yeah, Boston so. Legal guy. And um, you just love the shack. It's also got. <laughs> yeah. It's also got uh, horror icon Jessica Harper from Suspiria in it, and mm. Pamela Gidley, Chrissy from Thrashing. Oh, hectic! Is the blonde? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this looks so much fun. Are we ever going to watch movies that you've never seen? Yeah, of course. We've already done that. Oh, really? Yes, I thought they were all movies that you'd seen. We, I've told you on this podcast when I've never seen this movie before. You know me and my memory. No. Uh, callback, which one? Oh, I can't remember off the top oh, of my come head. come on. I don't know. I don't We've remember. done a lot We've now. We've done a lot of episodes. Yeah. yeah. Not enough, but a lot. Motherfucking Cocoon, The Return. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
What's the cocoon about again? I'll, uh, I'll get to it in a second. So Steve Gutenberg from Police Academy and Wilford Brimley of the Wilford Brimley line <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> um, it's the sequel to Ron Howard's surprise hit Cocoon. Yeah. In was the, Ron Howard doing yeah. directed Cocoon? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's right. This is the That's sequel. <laughs> in the original movie, old people feel young again after swimming in a pool filled with alien eggs. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that movie, they leave for space. Hence, The Return. <laughs> Nah. Yep. I thought I knew what Cocoon was about. No. No. no never, yeah. never fucking seen it. And then Rest in Pieces, Spanish horror movie. When Aunt Catherine died, her niece Helen was her only surviving relative. Except, of course, <laughs> Catherine. She has returned. Helen and her husband have come to claim her inheritance, but Annika has other ideas. Your aunt left all of this to you. Why would she want to hurt you? Now Helen is in over her head and is about to discover that family ties are forever. Nothing. Rest in pieces. This looked like a lot this of fun. This looks like fun. I'm yeah. like, I'm like into that. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I like it. And then covert action. September 19th, a foreign diplomat was brutally assassinated on the steps of the United Nations in New York City. Frank White, professional soldier, Vietnam vet, and CIA operative, is fighting the toughest battle of his life. He's on trial for the assassination of a Central American diplomat on the steps of the UN. This looked like it was that's trying a, to a be. Like, I, I was like, I don't fucking heard this movie. I looked it yeah. up. I pulled that synopsis from somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Looked like it was maybe had some good bits, but mostly boring. Yeah. It looked like director video. Action. Yeah. Yeah. An appropriate age to have seen The Hidden. It's it's ah, oh, but I just yeah. I, 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 like it's body horror, but it, I didn't get. I, why was it ah? Is it just because of the time it was made? It, it's sex and violence. Yeah, was that, where was a, the sex? There's boobs. There's some, there's some boobs in it, and there's did implied we actually, sex we as well. Yeah, make a boob. I, I might yeah. missed that bit. All the other strippers. Ah, yes. No. Oh, sorry, I was focused on what's her name, Brenda. Yeah. Yeah. The comedy would have led me to have this as a younger audience, but again, I didn't catch it. I just, maybe I was in a funk no, or a mood think, or something I don't think, I don't think the it. comedy in this is for a younger audience. It's yeah. subtle. It is subtle. It really is. It's, it's banter between like cops and stuff, but it's not like, it's not, you know, yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine or something banter yeah. between cops. I think maybe a more mature audience would appreciate yeah. this. Again, I feel like- There's some good action. I think, I think mid-teens. 15, I feel 16. bad because I didn't give it the time that you reckon it deserves. But again, I still feel the way that I need about it. And I would say a 16, 17 is fine. 
I was probably about seven when I saw this movie. Yeah, nice. I reckon that's fine. <laughs> but, like, how do you appreciate those slower moments at seven? Well, I didn't. I appreciate yeah, them now. Like, sure. As I said, it's a movie that I definitely saw when I was a kid because the imagery, like yeah. the stripper was in my head and yeah. the dog was in my head, right? Yeah. Those things stuck in my stuck in my head from when I was a kid. Yeah. And then it's a movie that I rediscovered as an, as an adult. Sure, I can, yeah. I can When I was that. like, oh, yeah, that movie, The Hidden, that movie was like, mm. I remember the pieces of that. I'll check yeah. it out again and then be like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I get that. Would you watch this movie again if you're in free will? I feel like I need to, but I don't want to. <laughs> you should watch it in HD. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The other thing is, is that you watched like over two hours of video because there was all the trailers at the front and the back. True. If you watch this movie, which is like, yeah, 96 minutes, 100, 100 minutes on its own. Yeah. It moves like it Maybe moves not really be well. super hungover while I'm watching it yeah, as maybe well. don't be that super might help. hungover. <laughs> when did you watch it? <laughs> Yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. <laughs> when I was even more hungover than I am now. Mm-hmm. A rating for this movie, the way that we rate movies is on a five-star scale with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being I liked parts of this movie, it was fine, three being I like this movie, four being I love this movie, and five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think I have to be a 2.5, which is I really like parts of this movie. And it's a high 2.5. It was going to be a much lower rating before we talked through it. Mm. But you're right. The moments that are good, boys, are real good. And I can recognize that there is subtlety to things that I missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Good, 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 sold action. Um, I really enjoyed the... The bad alien. Yeah. Having a good time, man. That's the thing is this movie's so much fucking it's just fun. good chaos. I, I, there, I, I think there should be more of it before they find him. Yeah. Yeah. There needs to yeah. be like a spree that you kind of follow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, kind of, there kind he, of is. There is, but like, like a, a low, low budget movie. True. Right? Yeah. There's also sequences in the script that was cut out where he like steals a bus. Yeah, that's <laughs> mad. Miller, when he's Miller. So oh, in, West Speed. From the, from the diner, instead of going straight to him chasing the Ferrari, yeah. he gets on a bus and steals the bus and then drives the bus around. I love that. And then, and then drives the bus to the Ferrari lot. But yeah, obviously then right. you've got the logistic from a production point of view, you've got to fucking get a bus and there's a whole different yeah. thing. So instead he just sees the Ferrari and then goes to the car lot. Yeah. So where does this fall for you then? Like if so, it, it's not got to be one of your favorites, right? You'll find out. Mm-hmm. So I'm a massive fan of LA genre movies. Yeah. Like movie genre movies that are just set in LA and use LA as a backdrop and especially LA at night movies. If you make yeah, a movie that's I know set that. in LA at yeah. night, then it's almost a genre of its own, and I think this is an ex- excellent example of an LA genre movie. This movie has tons of location work, obviously, for pl- other places that I know, which is really fun. So there's a lot of nostalgia working in a not personal the, preference. Nostalgia. It's not nostalgia. It's the things that I like. Sure. Right? Like personal not, preference. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, it's also a Terminator with an X movie, yeah. and I love Terminator with an X with X movies. I love high concept, low execution, mm. science fiction, and horror. Yeah. I like science fiction and horror where it's not really science fiction-y and it's not really horror-y. Yeah. Right? But the ideas are big. Terminator is that kind of movie. The fact of the matter is- is The original one, yeah. The original Terminator is basically a- is basically a- Low high concept, low, low execution. Do you reckon that's low execution until the very, until the end of the movie? Because for for because for most of it, it's just L.A. at night. Yeah, true. Like it's just a chase movie in L.A. Fuck, at, that's at a night. good movie. I want to watch that again. The all of the slaps, yeah. all of the exposition is just. Michael Bean as Kyle Reese explaining what's happening. Yeah. So I love that. Love that kind of that kind of thing. Okay. So because we only see the alien bug 
twice. Mm. Everything else is talk and action. And and the space gun. Yeah. Mm. I love that the alien is here for a good time and a long time. That's yeah. like the best the best part of it. Yeah. I don't love the ending. Mm. Mm. I wish the bad alien won. Same. Yeah. Thank you. I think this is an more iconic and well-known movie if the bad alien becomes the president of the yeah. end of the But that's movie. what Ads was saying. Like he should have gone but away then, to set up the sequel. But then it's a John Carpenter movie. Yeah. <laughs> and like I would have been okay. I would have been so much have more been like, okay been- with the body transfer of the good alien in the end if it's set if it was like all oh, well, the bad aliens but continuing they don't, as but well. But the movies back then don't set up sequels. Nah. Right? We're literally that's a, that's yeah. a modern thing. Yeah. Really? Yeah, totally, man. Sequels used to be looked on by studios as like Cheap, a cheap move. Yeah. Surely the studio wants sequels. No, now when, they do. Now they do. Now everything's but serialized. Back then things changed, but sequels were not looked at as as what you did with big movies. Well, they, they, the back then movies were prestige. Yes. TV, TV yeah, was cheap. Pre- yeah. Movies were prestige. Yeah. You have a film, so they're not looking not. to set and up. The eighties was the cheapening. Also, of kind of thing. like fucking now, everything is a setup for a franchise. People yeah. don't make movies unless it's going to be a setup for a I'm franchise. So worn out by everything being in the same universe. Things, yeah. didn't, things didn't used to do used to be like that. Like honestly, maybe you made a sequel if if, if it was a, a hit movie, but but not yeah. all the time. See, the funny thing is, is like just side note. You know how like I'm not super big on interpersonal drama movies, and like say Kira loves interpersonal drama shit, mm-hmm. right? And I used to love like the big climactic action shit, mm-hmm. but now that's. I'm fucking parroting where you used to say it's all fucking superheroes and I have so much fatigue from that now. Which I don't understand why then when a movie like this, which is fast and dirty and full of good fun action. But you know I love these kinds of movies. It's just this one I didn't click with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, like Anyway. I'd like to, to know, I'd like to know to what happens right? after a second watching. Yeah. So he's not going to watch it again. I won't. You he fucks that. Like, no. <laughs> You're Wait, an idiot. I was fatigued by this one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Four styles. Four stars. Four stars. Yeah, I, love, I love this movie. I kind of saw that coming. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time, but I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It probably, it's, it's probably a low, a low four, right? Yeah. It's closer to a 3.5, but I love enough of it that I love it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think it's a, think it's a really good time. Uh, next episode. The way that we pick movies Ooh. is that my co-hosts alternate taking turns to pick from three choices that I prepared. This week is Kira's pick, which means it is Adam's pick. If yep. a movie remains unpicked three times, it's struck out, taken off the list, although I can bring it back later to my choosing. Still on the list. Some fucking great choices. Oh, ho, ho. Is David Cronenberg's The Fly with Fuck two strikes. Yes. Two strikes. Yep. Here. I think you're making a mistake. I think you really want to talk to me. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. Are about to go beyond that limit. Those weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I, I had them analyzed. But they were definitely not human. If you saw how scared and angry and desperate he is. I'm sure Typhoid Mary was a very nice person too when you saw her socially. No! You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? 
you're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. Oh, no. What's happening to me? Am I dying? I want to know what's going on. What does the disease want? It wants to turn me into something else. Oh, no. A fly got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. Don't go back to it. It could be contagious. Uh, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Man, half insect, and completely terrifying. <laughs> Do not yeah. like the back of the box. Jeez, um, <laughs> Goldblum is young in this, and Fuck I love yeah. the big perm hair, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Big hair. <laughs> Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. Oh my god, <laughs> with I one forgot. strike. His name is Sergeant Harry Griswold. He's an undercover cop who takes his job seriously. Crime is at an all-time high. And to make matters worse, an ancient prophecy has unleashed an unbelievable evil spirit. And Griswold is caught in the middle of the crossfire. Strange things begin happening all around him. And even stranger things begin happening to him. Regrettable twist of fate has chosen you as a recipient of amazing supermortal powers. He is crazy. He is confused. And he is turning Japanese. Can't believe this. I'm eating smelly dead fish, and I'm loving it. But raw fish is chopped liver compared to the wild adventure that is about to take over Griswold's life. He becomes Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. Only a beautiful, tender woman, Lotus, can carefully teach Harry the subtle nuances of the Kabuki way. He is Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. Who are you? I'm Kabuki Man. Thank you, Sergeant Kabuki Man. A Lloyd Kaufman, Michael Hertz production. Uh, move over, Batman. Make way, Superman. The greatest superhero of all has arrived. Fucking speaking of psychedelics. <laughs> yep. Looks like a crazy man in a kabuki mask with a cigar carrying a gun and a badge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this yellow face? No. Oh, no, is, no. Is right? no, no. No, no, no. But he's, he's a white man. Oh, but but he's not doing yellow face. Mm. He's kabuki. He's He's doing theater face. He becomes Kabuki Man. Okay. <laughs> he get okay. He gets powers. Okay. Yeah. It's like when is, Sp- is it so it's okay like when they get Spider-Man, powers? It's like if Spider Man was bit by a Japanese spider. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So are we are we are we uh, gonna have another Spider Man movie here in the multiverse? I hope this man is bitten by a Japanese spider. <laughs> <laughs> and then new 
on the list, uh, and this one comes with a little bit of sadness. But so oh. the Julian Sands, who's an actor that I really, really love, yeah. in lots of things, uh, he had gone missing while hiking in California quite a few months ago, mm. and okay. was presumed dead. And, is, and now, as we know, that he Confirmed, did in fact yeah. did in fact pass away. Do I, do I know hiking. this actor at all? Uh, not necessarily, but not super big. I, I know him from movies when I was a kid, right? Sure. So, and we have had one of his movies on the list before, and it got rejected. Okay. So I am bringing back. Not that movie. I'm bringing back its sequel. Oh. I'm bringing, well, bringing back its sequel. I'm doing the sequel. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's wrong with it. Sequeling the sequel. I'm sequeling. We're yeah. going to watch the second one, not the first one, if it gets picked. Warlock the Armageddon. Oh, hectic. All signs are now in place. Warlock is here. The son of Satan has returned to fulfill his destiny. What dost thou command? There are five stones like the one she wears. You must possess them all. He has six days to seek out the stones of power. Who the hell are you? I'm interested in this stone. It's not for sale. I never said anything about buying. And all destruction. Picasso. Definitely Picasso. In the palm of his hand. Tomorrow, everything is going to be destroyed. I've come for the stone. There's only one way to stop a warlock. You mean like I have to fight? I can't even fight the school bully. A chosen few stand between him and his quest. Who am I? The second warrior. Get this stone as far away as possible. They must destroy him. That's the best you can do! Before he destroys creation. Rides over. But to conquer the warlock. Betrayals, partners. They must face the ultimate fear. You look so tough now, do you, Blondie? Julian Sands. It is time. Yes, I remember this. Yes. So, uh, and on the back, they ask the question, have you seen the original Supernet thriller? This is the one that you, oh, they this want you is to another watch Terminator all, yeah. X one, isn't it? It is. Uh-huh. Well, the first movie is. Uh-huh. The second movie is something completely different. Right. Okay. Julian Sands, the son of Satan has returned. Warlock the Armageddon. One hell of a good time, devilish wit, and great special effects. We cannot go wrong, but yeah. stay with the plan. Stay, with, stay the plan. with the plan. Also, there is a sticker on the front of the box that's advertising City Slickers 2, The I Legend of Curly Skull. <laughs> so it places it. <laughs> nice purple box. We never normally get it. Oh, it's a white box, but it's anyway. purple art. Yeah. Yeah. Whilst I love leaving the uh, the listeners in suspense, uh, the, you plan, know what you're the doing? plan has to be followed. Yes. Fuckers. We're I picking the fly. Yes. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to move you guys off that. No. So Nah, I yeah. mean, like, we need the plan needs to stay in place because we yeah. can't miss any of these beats. This is the thing. You need you know, to know that we're rigid in our plan, Ken. See, sure. <laughs> sure you are. Where, How am I, I not going to pick Kabuki, I do, I do wonder whether 
some of the listeners would be getting frustrated by the fact that there's three here and they each get three strikes. You could theoretically have every single one watched if you guys didn't switch and you didn't play the game. Yeah, but see, like, sometimes it's worth (laughs) fucking each other over a little bit and going like, I know, but it's like, sometimes a movie tickles you. And I'm not as... Tickles you! Tickles you. And I'm I'm not as... I'm not as... um, Pragmatic is you, you know yeah, this. Yeah, you know. I'm very curious to see uh, your reaction to the fly. Oh, really? Yeah. My reaction or just our reaction? Our, everybody. Right, okay. I, mean, I know how I feel about it. I know, for the, for those I, watching along. I know the concept of what the fly is. Okay. But I don't, I, Do I haven't seen any images of the actual fly movie. This is, this is one that my dad has recommended me to watch so many times and I've never gotten around to. Yeah, my dad same. loves this movie. I've I've so, yeah, well. I've wanted to watch this since the Simpson episode. <laughs> yeah. Which is more a parody of the 1950s version than this movie. Yeah. Oh, this is a remake. Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't what know I that. I thought last week. Um, ah. Last episode. I, I, I want to see some Ella Goldblum because really yeah, my only reference yeah. as, as, as a kid is Jurassic Park. Fucking oh, that's yeah. basically the oh, earliest reference I have so of that man. Good, um, I know. So many good before Jurassic Park, Goldblum. Hmm. Yeah. Wait till we get to Vibes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> vibes is such a great I'm time. fucking down. Okay. Mm. Anyway, well, um, uh, don't come back next episode. Don't like, don't subscribe. Go, go, definitely go outside. Definitely do all of those things though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you are going to do the internet uh, at wicked video. Yeah. Leave us a happy. review and I'll, I'll promise I'll have something more coherent to tell you guys this time. <laughs> I think, I think the vibe of how I told my story kind of fit with what I was telling in the story. Okay. I think, I think, I think you're just reeling from the. You guys were very quiet while I was telling the story. <laughs> I was very unsure whether or not. I was just trying to hold my shit together. You guys were like, you guys were giving up vibes of like, maybe you shouldn't be saying this, no, no, Brody. No, no. Mine was, I don't want to laugh because mm. I know that mm. I, I already know. I'm listening to you and I know how I'm going to sound design underneath <laughs> you for this thing. And if I laugh, I'll break it. And I don't want to break it. I just want him to keep talking until he's finished. <laughs> I was like, I was I didn't fully, want to. Sh- I didn't want to shame you, man. Uh, I was feeling shame. The silence was my shame. Weird pod. Weird, strange pod. Yeah. What is wrong with you fucking people? Okay, anyway, um, Dan's. I want to be president. That I want guy's this a car. Spaceman. <laughs> <laughs> nice doing business with you. Scene. <laughs> 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 <laughs>